The views and opinions expressed on Red Planet are those of the individual and do not necessarily reflect those of Red Planet nor any affiliated or related entities. This podcast is provided for educational purposes only. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Red Planet. This week, tech correspondent Maya Arson Crimeu returns to the show for a discussion on how sneaker nets can be deployed to distribute digital information when the internet isn't available, and why you might want to make one yourself. Also, Israel's assault on Palestinians continues as millions worldwide take to the streets demanding ceasefire and activists shut down the factories of complicit weapons contractors. But first, Sophia's putting the work in. So I say, uh, fool me once, uh, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fool me three times, get out of my house. Go away. Why do you keep doing this to me? This is really mean. Um, how, are you, how are you both doing? I've been away for a while, and that's the best cold open I can come up with in the meantime. I've been, I've been focusing on that it. cold open for like four weeks consecutively. <laughs> <laughs> I think you killed it. I think you've had time to refine it. I think you've had time to really just like, you know, deliver all of the aspects of that joke um, that, that are meaningful to you and, and powerful in a sense that I could never have conveyed. Thanks, babe. It was a pro. It, it was as with many, as with so much art, right? It was a painful process to reach that point. And, um, you know, it just, it took me a long time. You, you gave it like an eighth grade book report, like done the <laughs> night before answer to Sophie. <laughs> I gave an eighth grade, eighth grade done the night before cold open, so it's <laughs> only fitting. <laughs> hey, it's Red Planet. How are we doing? Hi, everybody. Uh, it's our, our weekly Call Me Roundtable discussion, um, and I'm going to start discussing by asking a question. That's one way you can discuss things. The question is targeted at directly at Kira right now. It's pointed at her. She is, she's chewing. I'm changing the direction of the question. It's going instead to Mule. <laughs> what was the most based thing you did this week? Thanks for asking. Uh, the most based th- thing that I did this week uh, was help to organize the queer block for the Manchester, uh, uh, I guess, co- coalition of organizations uh, who went out to rally uh, and demonstrate in support of uh, Palestine this weekend on Saturday. Uh, it consisted of basically banning people from the WhatsApp group who... Uh, decided to accuse us of being anti-Semites for uh, organ- uh, for advertising the, the WhatsApp group in queer places, making those spaces unsafe for Jews, apparently. Um, and that was a... Yeah, so that was th- those were the unproductive conversations that we had to ban. Um, and then also organizing people to come down to a... A particular meeting place um, and uh, do some banner creation. So we had a crafting evening that was, uh, uh, we had food provided, there were great vibes, there were lots of queer people there um, and we just made two big banners. One big banner that said Queers for Palestine and another one that said No Pride in Genocide uh, and I made my own personal one that you can see behind me if you are watching the visual representation of the show. 
This bisexual Palestine. It says this bisexual Palestine. And there's an arrow pointing at mule. There there is, if you are not watching the show and you're one of our audio listeners, uh, my co-hosts are saying that because uh, you can't quite make out due to the the blur uh, of my very good camera that it says in between bisexual and Palestine stands with. Uh, So yeah, it says this bisexual stands with Palestine and there's a Palestinian flag and a love heart. And you a bisexual what? flag. That does make a lot more sense. That now does that you yes. pointed out. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I didn't I, think you were Palestine. Yes. Yeah, so well, people came up to me at the protest. They, they were really confused. They were like, what do you mean, bisexual Palestine? And they wanted your <laughs> autograph, too. They're like, you're the Palestine. <laughs> yeah, they wanted to stand with me. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, uh, but... It was it was really really good, and we uh, you know we got lots and lots of um, attention from people at the protest, and of course we weren't there to make it about ourselves. However, what we were there to do is demonstrate that Israel's constant pinkwashing about the genocide they're committing in Gaza in the name of queer people uh, is unacceptable, um, and we were there to show everyone who you know supports Palestinian people that queer people uh, understand these lies we understand that no one is free until we're all all free um and yeah honestly just like the amount of people who were taking pictures um who were like coming up to us and like giving us high fives and giving us hugs uh, at the end uh, someone came up and gave me like a biscuit um and uh, yeah a i got like a, for my peanut. a biscuit a little biscuit for peanut and um yeah it just it, so it was really really nice obviously people really understood the uh the message that we were trying to that we were trying to send out and of course we'll talk more about the protest itself later um there's a couple of other things that i've done that i'll just really quickly reel off um standard tenants union organizing stuff training up more and more activists to help with the tenants union and then alongside that i've been doing outreach with a squat um and i'm very excited to say that there's a potential we might be speaking to those people from that squat it is a queer squat basically like a focus like this squat is for queer people trans people uh you know queer people of any of any description and uh so yeah very very exciting i'm sure sure we would get to this in any discussion with them but it's an interesting thing people should know that in the uk because of uh the squatting law that prohibits you being uh like squatting just to live there but allows you to do it as a political action or like as a project that you're trying to do something political like um it's quite possible to make queer squats into kind of queer community centers and then therefore get legal recognition, which is a really exciting possibility. That is absolutely what their aim is from what I can tell so far, just from meeting with them. Um, But let's, now that she's finished chewing, direct this question back to sweet Kira Chats. What's the most (laughs) base thing you did this week? Well, thank you for asking, Yule. Um, By far the most base thing I did this week was yesterday where I attended a huge protest for Palestinian rights in Chicago. Um, about estimated about 20,000 people showed up. It's no London. All right. We're no London. You know, we're no, we're no half a million people, but uh, there was a really good. Here, here is salty because of her tiny. I'm still, I'm really city. jealous. I was talking, yeah. talking about this before this, this show started. I'm, I'm jealous. I was just like, don't worry about it. Cause you, it's just a smaller population. And she's like, no, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not mad. Uh, but regardless, it was it was a really, really incredible like showing. Um, oh, God, it it was really. First of all, there were so many amazing speakers and I ended up just crying on the spot from the things I heard because they were so deeply upsetting. Um, 
just uh, there was a man that stood up and was like 19 members of my family just died and I was just like how do you how do I even like I just couldn't handle it like it was just so so devastating but there was so much beauty in it like I can't express to you how 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 beautiful it was to see so many people screaming for Palestinian rights in the streets so many Palestinians coming together um and and Arab people and and Jew, Jewish people were coming together and like some queer people are out there like it was just it was a really really incredible thing to be a part of and I'm really 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 grateful that I had a part like played any small part in it whatsoever um I'm really excited to go to the next demonstration because I want to scream more for Palestinians like and I think at a certain point it was weird they like ran out of cops because we were just like going through and like people were just like waiting for us but there were no cops like holding off traffic so I'm pretty sure like this cop just like bail at a certain point I'm not really sure what that was about um uh large demonstrations show you something that you really can't get like just thinking about it and talking about it uh which is like seeing there are actually limits to the state's power yes mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Um, it's hard to believe until you actually see. There was there was something that was really interesting that I just want to mention because um, there was there was so much there's so much to say about it. But one thing that kept coming up over and over again in chants and many of the speeches that I heard was people denouncing Biden. They're like specifically, I'm not voting for Biden. Like we are, they're calling out Biden as a war criminal. They're calling out Biden as a child murderer. Um, and it just pales in comparison to like all of the white people just like running around on Twitter being like, you have to vote for Biden. Like, no wonder they're doing so much. They're running so much defense right now for Biden. It's like it very explicitly people are very loudly rejecting and calling his calling his ass out for what he is. Um, so, yeah, you can like thoroughly just throw all those opinions, all those liberal opinions straight into the trash. And also another thing, Hamas was not brought up a single time. So it's, again, another very Western invention of this, like, we have to talk about Hamas. We have to debate Hamas. We have to denounce or condemn Hamas. It's like not a single mention of Hamas was brought up because because Hamas is not the point. <laughs> the point of Palestinian liberation isn't Hamas. Palestinian liberation will happen and it has to happen. And Hamas or no Hamas, it doesn't fucking matter. Um, so all of that, it was just, I learned so much and it was so beautiful. It was so, it was so, it was a very difficult experience as well for like coming, just having to see, be in the same space as people whose families were just murdered. It just like, but I'm so grateful I was a part of it and I'm very excited to go to the next one. Well, I for one, incredibly extremely proud of you. And I didn't get arrested. That's that's also Ooh. a bonus. That's poggers. But we will talk uh, about people that did get arrested in the news later. Yes, so we are going to do that. So Sophie, what yes, about Mule. you? Sure. I mean, I've been off for a few weeks. Let me just—I've got actually a little note on my phone. I've been keeping for what I did that was based. Um, so the first week that I was off, I went to TWT, and I was really expecting this to be the most based thing for that week. TWT is a, like a, a festival of leftist ideas. There's lots of panel discussions. Uh, you know, Jeremy Corbyn was there to give a kind of general flavor of the kind of like kind of leftist we're talking about. Like it's still plugged into a lot of the left wing of electoral politics. There were lots of like uh, leftist figures from Labour. Um, you know, not the shit ones, but it's like the party associate at this point, whatever. 
Um, yeah, it was pretty cool. The first day there, we had a, I was a panelist on a trans panel. The second day there, I was hosting a uh, panel uh, called The Coming Climate Insurrection that I got set up to do basically because the organizer really liked my video, The World Is Not Ending, and said, like, that's the reason we want you there. We want to have that discussion um, about, like, the inevitability of, like, revolutionary action because of climate change. And, yeah, it was going to be my, my most based thing for that week, but it, it, it turned out to not be because it was quite frustrating. I think all of the panelists were quite focused on the immediate short-term goals of their orgs and not on the like the the possibility that like those things won't work and then we'll need more and that more stuff will have you know that we need to think about class consciousness um quite frustrating and also one of the panelists was quite transphobic to me so that sucked uh so the be- most based thing i did that week instead was earlier that day I uh, went to counter the Posey Parker demo that was happening in Liverpool the same day because Posey Parker, Nazi Barbie, the Sheehan Eva Braun was there to uh, protest the Labour Party conference and basically tell Keir Starmer that he needs to be more transphobic. Yeah, it was chill. I went unmasked because I get recognised everywhere. I've accepted a, a certain like, I'm I'm going to get recognised. I don't want to inspire like bad block practice among others among comrades by by looking like i'm doing it but doing it badly i'd rather just be like hey it's me yeah it was cool that was good turnout of anti-fash did get shoved a bit by one fascist i found his stream later and he apparently whispered into his camera oh they always fall for it Uh, and what he means is that when uh he he like just physically assaults people people get mad and and start um yelling at him for that Oh, they always get so mad. They're, they're, they're so triggered that I assaulted them. Oh my God, it's like an IRL chatter. Which is very funny because like I was blocking his camera uh, and and getting him out of the crowd and that succeeded. Um, and he seemed to think that he'd, he'd like baited me and succeeded at some kind of trick um, when he actually <laughs> did not get to do what he wanted to do because I blocked his camera off. Anyway, cops intervened and told me to stop antagonizing him. So which side are they on? Um, right, that was the first week I was away. I'm... I got three to go. Sorry, here we go. The week after, I did some really interesting like theory formulation that's kind of I don't, I'm not going to go into because I, I'm aware of eating up time, but it's to do with the systemic and the systematic, and it's going to be in some writing that I'm doing soon. It's hard to explain why it's based. I'm just telling you about my excitement, basically. A uh, week after that, there was a community security thing to do with some trans lesbians I know. Can't talk about the details of it, but it's good to be kind of involved in active processes of community like well-being in that way uh being able to make sure that people are safe this is something that like we don't talk about because it's where there's this kind of spectrum between organizing and communizing right where people are in community and their communities need to get organized and they're in organizations and their organizations sometimes need to be a bit more of a community and when the 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 based stuff you're doing is in community it's like it doesn't have a you know a member uh, role name or whatever and it doesn't have like assigned duties so it's not something you kind of discuss and map out in that way nonetheless it's happening all the time and it's important to remind people that it's that it's there especially in the queer community but i think in a lot of marginalized communities in general um and then this week i actually had a tr- tremendously shit week it was the reason i was off last week something bad happened before the show but uh several partners came to take care of me uh and then i had a kind of soft and insulated week of like my partners taking care of me and me being progressively better and better. I spent the last couple of days at my girlfriend's parents' house and we went on a little mushroom foraging walk. And that was, that, that was, I put down in the list for most based thing, queer joy, because I was just 
taken care of when 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 shit sucks. And if uh, if self care can be a, a most based thing, then I think being cared for in queer community can also be a most based thing. And that's my answer. But I'm not done. I'm still on a roll because guess what? There's a based viewer this week. Uh, Gwen has written in to tell us about Nora. Uh, the two of them are part of a plural system. So this is the text that they've sent us. We are the witches, a plural system that's part of Kira's community. Uh, and we're here to submit a based thing our member Nora did this week. She was re-elected as the comms officer of a tenants union branch in our city and has been working since then to spearhead the media side of a rent controls campaign. She has quoted in a local newspaper article discussing a recent direct action she helped coordinate. She's also been attending Palestine demonstrations whenever she can to, so to show our union solidarity with the oppressed people of Gaza, the West Bank and beyond. Very based. Thank you please, for telling please, us please. about that, Gwen. Uh, we want to know what based things you've been doing. So please, you can send us a message on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok, or an email to based at redplanetshow.com. Include your name and pronouns if you like, and uh, what you've been up to. And uh, we may shout it out in a later episode. Whew. Okay, I'm done. I'm, I'm done. I've said so many words. Uh, someone else say some words. Mule, tell me some words. Okay, I'm time. it's time to tell you some of the worst words that you're going to hear. Uh, but we're only going to be focusing on one uh, bad news story. Uh, we have four news stories for you today. Uh, and this first one is the worst one. So uh, please brace yourself. This one is, of course, about Israel flattening northern Gaza uh, and the increasing violence in the West Bank. Uh, Friday the 27th of October saw the most violent and destructive assault on Gaza in recent memory, with airstrikes and artillery completely destroying multiple neighborhoods and areas on the north side of Gaza, killing hundreds and injuring thousands. Today, the death toll in Gaza has reached 8,000. Gaza's health ministry has announced it was mostly women and minors. It's expected to climb with even more rapidly, sorry, it's expected to climb even more rapidly as Israel presses its ground offensive. Tanks and infantry pushed into Gaza over the weekend and most communication with the outside world was cut off due to Israeli bombing, destroying vital infrastructure like telephone and internet cables. This comes as Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu announced a second stage in the war. Thousands of Palestinians have broken into an aid warehouse or multiple aid warehouses desperate for basic essentials such as flour and hygiene products. Meanwhile, residents living near Shifa Hospital, Gaza's largest, said Israeli airstrikes overnight hit near the hospital complex and blocked many roads leading into it. I saw the, the it was a UN uh, food warehouses that people broke into. Yes. It was just, it's just crazy with everything that's happened the last few uh, weeks of, of just that the, the, the UN just had these warehouses full of food. Mm -hmm. I, just yes something mind. to mention certainly something to mention yeah i, I appreciate that so yeah so as per usual israel has accused hamas of having a secret command post beneath the hospital but has not provided much evidence and of course hamas denies the allegations Tens of thousands of civilians are sheltering in Shifa, which is also packed with wounded patients. Reaching the hospital has become increasingly difficult, Mahmoud al-Sawah, who is sheltering in the hospital, said over the phone. It seems that they want to cut off the area. Another Gaza City resident, Abdallah Sayed, said the Israeli bombing over the past two days was the most violent and intense since the war started. Israel ordered the hospital to evacuate more than a week ago, but it and other medical facilities have refused as evacuation would mean death for patients on ventilators. 
On the day we record this, October 29th, Israel has begun shelling the area around Al-Quds Hospital, according to on-the-ground reports on Twitter slash X. The Al-Quds Hospital currently shelters hundreds of patients and more than 12,000 displaced civilians in Gaza. The Palestinian Red Crescent said earlier that since this morning, there have been raids 50 meters away from the hospital. Bombardments also struck near the Indonesian hospital on the northern Gaza Strip. In the West Bank, armed nationalist extremist Israeli settlers have killed over 110 Palestinians so far since October the 7th, the Palestinian Health Ministry had said on Friday. In one instance, Bilal Mohammed Saleh, 40, was shot in the chest and that his death was confirmed by the Palestinian Authority's health ministry and by military sources. Uh, He was part of a group near Nablus who were harvesting olives. Uh, Violence from Israeli settlers has displaced over 1,100 Palestinians in the occupied West Bank since 2022, according to a UN report in September 2023. So that was before um, um, the, the October the 7th attacks. Red Planet would like to reiterate the fact that there is no Hamas presence in the West Bank. In a thread on Twitter slash X, where he describes communications from a paper published by the Israeli think tank, the Misgav Institute, senior humanitarian law and policy consultant Itay Epstein reports that they have recommended the purposeful blurring of, of lines between Hamas military personnel and civilians due to their overwhelming support for Hamas. Quote, Hamas enjoys broad civilian support in Gaza. Despite claims that the majority of the public in Gaza want peace and is, ca- and is captured by Hamas, data from the last two decades consistently proves the opposite. They also say, we, I've, we arrive at the clear conclusion that the claims of ideological and political distinction between Hamas and the people of Gaza are baseless. The paper, published after October 7th, stated that there is currently a unique and rare opportunity to evacuate the entire Gaza Strip. The views promoted by the think tank led by Meir Ben Shabbat, Israel's former national security advisor, have already translated into airdropped leaflets, cautioning 700,000 Palestinians in North Gaza that they will be considered affiliated with Hamas, said Epstein in the thread. Added to this thread, he reported Mekomit, an anti-occupation organization within Israel, have run an expose that says the directive to deport 2.4 million Palestinians out of occupied Gaza and onto Egypt and beyond has been officially endorsed by Israel's Ministry of Intelligence on the 13th of October. A war crime in the making, he adds. So there's the update on Gaza, uh, the horrific um genocide that is occurring in the gaza strip uh sophie tell us about what some activists are doing in the uk to prevent this gladly um comrades of the show palestine action that's who this is about uh uk protesters disrupt three separate israeli weapons factories uh trade unionists workers for a free palestine shut down albert systems in kent by blockading both entrances calling for an immediate ceasefire and an end to all weapon sales going to Israel. Uh, this, I, I honestly, I cried when I saw this. Um, like, it's dozens of trade union workers who've gotten together to join in with Palestine Action uh, up until now. If people have been following Palestine Action, they'll be aware how much the actions are. Like, a few people who are there because they care about Palestine uh, doing direct action together, but it's not been like such a broad kind of solidarity before and just seeing the workers show up. I mean, it blew me away. This kind of solidarity is just is just incredibly moving. Uh, in a show of solidarity with Palestine, around 150, there we go, trade unionists and activists blockaded the site uh, of Instro Precision Limited in Sandwich, Kent on Thursday. 
It is a subsidiary of Elbit Systems, one of Israel's largest arms manufacturers. It produces 85% of Israel's combat and surveillance drones and 85% of its land-based military equipment. Many Elbit products are linked directly to the killing of Palestinian civilians in Gaza. The action organized by Workers for a Free Palestine began at 7 a.m. and blocked both entrances to the factory and halted all deliveries. Uh, among the trade, uni trade unionists uh, involved were members of the RMT, big up the RMT, uh, Unite and IWGB unions. There were also workers who had recently been on strike. Again, just like seeing that we're all seeing, you know, we have the same, we got, we got the same enemies. <laughs> Palestine Action launched two separate protests at Leicester factories in the city's Meridian Business Park. The protest group stormed the roof of helmet fastening systems in the business park around the corner from their repeat target of UAV tactical systems, which they also disrupted by locking themselves to their gates. The group has been actively campaigning against uh, and protesting UAV tactical systems due to their links to Elbit Systems, the factory's parent company, which is, the, which is Israeli owned. The group claim that drones made in the factory are supplied to the Israeli military and used as part of their conflict with Hamas, uh, who are one of two political groups in the state of Palestine and based on the Gaza Strip. The company admits its unmanned aircraft is sold to military forces, such as the British Army, but deny they are supplied to the Israeli military. However, the, uh, the, the protest at Helmet Fastening Systems is completely new for the group. Uh, they claim the factory manufactures and supplies fastenings for the F-35 fighter jets, which are used by the Israeli military in their fight against Palestine and Hamas. The company does claim they supply bulkheads, which form the backbone of the jets, but the company does not specify where these are made, as the company is American-owned, with multiple sites across the UK and the US. Uh, people may have seen that there is uh, now a Palestine Action US uh, that has formed. Uh, there was some confusion about the Twitter account and and and, and discussion of whether Twitter was uh, forcibly unfollowing people from it. But again, it's exciting to see so much solidarity around Palestine in general, uh, seeing the solidarity between uh, the PAL action activists and workers uh, from trade unions like the RMT, the fighter jets immediately as well uh, is re reminiscent of Nepazaran, right? I'm me immediately thinking of uh, the kind of solidarity that can that can really surprise us um, where we, we think, you know, or we're made to think that the working class are, you know, un uneducated, apolitical and ignorant. And uh, then we see them stand up and uh, tell, tell, tell the bourgeoisie what's what. Right. Uh, Kira, do you want to tell me about some other activists doing some stuff in support of Palestine? Sure. But also, I'd like to add that um, what y'all can do to help contribute if you're not able to participate in those types of protests um, there's lots of things you can do, but the BDS movement is a way you can also harm companies that are contributing to the ongoing genocide of Palestinians. Um, so check out the BDS movement at bdsmovement.net. There's a lot of resources you can use to find out which companies are directly uh, contributing to and benefiting yeah. from genocide. Uh, so. Starbucks and McDonald's stocks are plummeting at the moment uh, because boycotts work. Yeah. And when we were protesting, we were protesting by Starbucks. We all stopped and turned and said, shame on Starbucks, shame on Starbucks. So that was that felt it felt good to yell at Starbucks. <laughs> Anyways, um, so Jewish activists are ramping up actions as thousands stage a sit in at NYC's Grand Central Station demanding a ceasefire in Gaza. Uh, the Jewish Voice for Peace, in collaboration with uh, the organization, if not now, and other organizations mobilized what has been reported as nearly 2,000 people to sit in at the Grand Central Station in New York City, chanting, cease fire now, singing songs of love, solidarity, and mourning, 
completely shutting down the station and bringing a solid amount of mainstream attention to the anti-Zionist Jewish movement in the United States. The crowds could not be contained by the station, and there were reported to be 2,000 to 3,000 people in the streets outside. If not now, comes from uh, one of my favorite Talmud quotes, which is, if uh, if I am not for myself, who is? And if I am only for myself, what am I? And if not now, when? Thank you, Soph. Um, Although most news sources like the Daily Mail focus on the amount of people arrested, it was undeniable in any of the reports that Israel does not speak for all Jews. And it's in its desire for the extermination and ethnic cleansing of Palestinians. Jewish Voice for Peace on Twitter uh, said that rabbis, elected officials, celebrities, elders and children joined together, shutting down business as usual to send a loud and clear message of mass refusal in the face of genocide. Nearly 400 were arrested for what crime is uncertain. And we are awaiting information on whether it'll be, they'll be charged and tried and what for. Uh, we will also await details on a possible bail fund for the people affected. Prominent Jewish anti-Zionist cartoonist Eli oh, Valley. That's right, Eli Valley. Yep. Thank you. And actor model India Moore were all were among those arrested. And also, I wanted to note there's some there's some visuals uh, from that arrest which were deeply disturbing. I'm sure to everyone who's aware of the um, history of Nazism, um, the police brought buses and forced like Jews onto buses to take them away to silence their speech against genocide. Like if that's not chilling as hell. And then Eric Adams, Eric Adams thing. And the mayor, Eric Adams. Yeah. And the, and the police were like, then in the future, they, they posted a, they issued a statement saying that Jews should not be attending any, um, any uh, Palestinian, pro-Palestinian protests for their safety. Like the condescension, the, the mass the complete and utter anti-Semitism of shutting down Jewish voices, forcing them away on on buses they brought for that purpose, um, and then speaking for them and, and the audacity, the, the absolute audacity of them saying that for your safety, we're not, you should not attend these protests. Well, we got to keep them safe from the police, babe. Right. <laughs> not to mention that Arab Jews exist. Yeah. Like there's so much erasure happening right now and it's vile and fucked up and i just want to take this moment to yell into this microphone and say that because it is deeply upsetting and deeply disturbing and and i there's who i'm very upset as you can see um so fuck the police fuck mayor eric adams um and fuck anybody who is saying that jewish people as a community um are pro-israel and otherwise they're not jews because that's fucking wrong and just deeply disgusting and anti-semitic a cab all day. Jewish Voice for Peace have held multiple demonstrations and rallies over the past couple of weeks since the indiscriminate bombing of Gaza began in the 7th of October, including a sit-in in Washington, D.C., sit-ins at the offices of both Democratic and Republican parties, uh, senators, including Bernie Sanders, Chuck Schumer, and more. This week in Philadelphia, hundreds from Jewish Voice for Peace descended on the offices of Senator John Fetterman, carrying an enormous puppet of, a, of the senator emblazoned with the words silent on genocide. And I would even go further and say he's not silent on genocide. He's OK with it. He's advocating for it. I don't know if it's going to be in the in the next story anyway, but in London, there was a big puppet of Keir Starmer with like moving arms. Oh, and he's wearing a top that says, I love war crimes. <laughs> I want to say that um, people like myself have been calling out John Fetterman for years now because of his 
unabashed support for the Zionist apartheid uh, uh, project called Israel. And I've been met with so much opposition from so-called leftists because they insist that, no, no, that's a that's a distraction. Palestinian lives are a distraction. Um, he's actually got to start somewhere. He's really cool about, you know, increasing minimum wage. He's really cool about they'll, they'll name all these things that imperial core people that don't give a single fuck about the imperial periphery think is the way forward. There is no way forward without giving fucks about every single person on this planet. The Imperial Corps cannot ignore the Imperial periphery. And if you do, you are not my comrade. Period. Based. You can con- join and contribute and help to organize with Jewish Voice for Peace on their website. Their website's uh, www.jewishvoiceforpeace.org. And also, if not now, um, and then their website's if not now, movement.org. Both are leftist to left leaning Jewish organizations with grassroots organizing against Israel apartheid and genocide at their core. And I, for one, would love to see if we could get somebody from one of those orgs on here because it would be, I think it would be, I would, ha- I would be very honored to be able to have them. So like, if you're watching, I love, reach out to yeah. us. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I love the appearance that we like, we, we say this out loud so that we can uh, r- remind Conrad to do it later. <laughs> but, but it looks like we're going like, hey, come on the show and then they just show yeah. up <laughs> so that mule do you want to uh tell me what's going on in the in london the the city i'm super jealous of right now well kara not just london but uh half a million people marched in london and millions more around the world have been showing their support for palestine demanding a ceasefire in gaza and the west bank so Over 500,000 people in London, in the UK, marched for an end to the violence in Gaza this Saturday, 28th of October. Speakers at the rally included Jeremy Corbyn, Mick Lynch of the RMT, Sinn Féin MP John Finnecane, and more. The march began near Charing Cross Station and went across Westminster Bridge around the South Bank and then over Waterloo Bridge down to the Houses of Parliament. If you're watching Red Live, uh, sorry, Red Planet Live right now, or you're watching the VOD with the visuals, you'll be able to see the absolute vast amount of people that is incredibly overwhelming. I, I don't think I've ever seen this many people unless we're talking like sophie was saying before the show uh from uh uh, uh, 20 years ago when everyone was protesting the iraq war yeah absolutely wild to see it's just absolutely incredible the size of it was nuts there have been a lot of big protests recently and big strikes uh and marches but like uh so the thing that often happens because the bridge you're looking at in that footage um a lot of bus routes from from south london that pass through like Elephant and Castle, Waterloo, whatever, end up going across there or, or the neighboring bridges. And when there's a big protest, like sometimes the bus will divert just before the other side of that bridge because they can't get closer because there's too many people marching. Here, like they stopped in Elephant and Castle, like the buses wouldn't go further than that, which if people know the geography of London at all, they know that's just crazy. Like it means that they were casting such a huge net of like the disruption that's caused to, to, to services. Yeah, it's the biggest pro-Palestinian uh, demonstration in the history of the UK. So just think about that. Moving on, a march also took place in Manchester, 
City of your boy, Donkus, Jonkus, Monkus, Dr. Jocter Mule, uh, which saw over 20,000 people march from St. Peter's Square to Barclays Bank headquarters on Deansgate to draw attention to the fact that Barclays Bank holds over £1 billion in shares and provides over £3 billion in loans and underwriting to nine companies whose weapons, components, and military technology have been used in Israel's armed violence against Palestinians. Um, you know, uh, Palestine action broke the windows of Barclays Bank in Manchester this week to demonstrate just how they feel uh, and how everybody feels about this vile, vile, wicked uh, 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 financing of genocide. The march then also stopped at Foot Locker on Market Street, which sells an abundance of Puma-related athletics clothing to highlight Puma's sponsoring of the Israeli football teams in illegal settlements all over the occupied territories. In Chicago, 20,000 people, including our sweet Kara Chats, rallied in the streets to echo the sentiments of a ceasefire. According to Al Jazeera, an estimated 100,000 people rallied in the southern Indian state of Kerala in solidarity with Palestine. In Malaysia, a large crowd of demonstrators chanted slogans outside the U.S. embassy in Kuala Lumpur. Addressing hundreds of thousands of supporters at a huge rally in Istanbul, Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan said Israel was an occupier and repeated his stance about Hamas not being a terrorist organization. A stop clock is correct twice a day. Uh, you know, Erdogan is a piece of shit, uh, but he's right. He's absolutely correct. <laughs> Protests maybe were also we can, held. Maybe we can hand it to him once as a treat. We can, we can, we can slowly, gingerly hand small, tiny uh, 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 trophy to him that is probably going to dissolve uh, when he puts it in, in, you know, open air or something. Anyway, there were also protests in the Iraqi capital of Baghdad. Palestinian protesters in Hebron, in the occupied West Bank, called for a global boycott of Israeli products. Don't contribute to the killing of the children of Palestine, they chanted. Some cities in France have banned rallies since the war began, fearing they could fuel social tensions. But despite a ban in Paris, a small rally took place on Saturday. Several hundred people also marched in the southern city of Marseille. Thousands also rallied across New Zealand Aotearoa, demanding a ceasefire, including our sweet Timothy conquest of dread. In Wellington, organizers of the March for Palestine said 4,500 people joined the protest, which walked from Civic Square to Parliament. In Auckland, organizers estimated 7,000 people marched from Aotea Square to Britomart. Rallies also happened in Christchurch, Dunedin, Hamilton, Hastings, Nelson, Palmerston North, and Fanganui. I hope I pronounced that right. Please forgive me, Tim. Dunedin, actually. Oh, Dunedin. Oh, that one. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Samira Zaitoun from the organization Justice for Palestine, which organized the Wellington rally, said it was to show we stand with Palestine. We stand for justice, human rights, and international humanitarian law. She also added, water, land, and life are inalienable rights, and it is unacceptable for Israel to have control over these things. This is not a controversial or radical ask. 
Thousands of pro-Palestinian demonstrators march during a rally in Toronto in Canada. Despite hundreds of accounts of police brutality against German demonstrators over the last week, thousands of participants walked solemnly during a demonstration in solidarity with people in Gaza in the Kreuzberg district of Berlin in Germany. Protests also took place in Rome, Brooklyn, San Francisco, Detroit, Geneva, Oslo, Stockholm, and many, many, many more towns and cities all over the world. The message is clear. Despite what the leaders of the imperialist nations of the UK and Europe say, the entire world stands with Palestine and wants a ceasefire in Gaza. Students on over 100 college campuses also walked out of class on the 25th of October to protest America's complicity in Israel's mass bombing of Palestinians in Gaza. Hundreds of artists have signed an open letter to Joe Biden calling on on him to intervene and call for a ceasefire in Gaza. Some of the artists include Ben Affleck, Channing Tatum, Drake, Jennifer Lopez, Mark Ruffalo, and many, many more. You can see the full list of names at www.artists4, the the number 4, ceasefire.org. And finally, thousands of writers have called on the international community to act in a statement of solidarity with the Palestinian people, detailing Israel's war crimes, including the use of white phosphorus, among many others. The statement ends with, quote, We act alongside other writers, scholars, and artists who've expressed solidarity with the Palestinian cause, drawing inspiration from the Palestinian spirit of sumud, steadfastness, and resistance. Since 2004, the Palestinian organizations, sorry, the Palestinian campaign for the academic and cultural boycott of Israel has advocated for organizations to join a boycott of institutions representing the Israeli state or cultural institutions complicit in its apartheid regime. We call on our colleagues working in cultural institutions to endorse that boycott. We invite writers, editors, journalists, scholars, artists, musicians, actors, and anyone in creative and academic work to sign this statement. Join us in building a new cultural front for a free Palestine. Some of the writers named are Sarah Shulman, Tiana Reed, Sarah Ghazal Ali, and many, many more distinguished and notable academics, poets, and authors. You can see the full list of writers named at www.writersagainstthewarongaza.com. These are just some of the incredible actions that people all over the world are doing right now to fight for an end to the extremely inhumane extermination of beautiful and vibrant human life in the Gaza Strip. As someone who has been advocating for Palestinian rights just for a little bit, but long enough to notice some shit, one of the things I notice is that when Israel is especially horrendous to Palestinians, it gets on the news, people pay attention, people care, and then they get distracted and move on. Because Palestinian lives to so much of the world, at least my impression, Maybe some people care, but then they will move on because they'll still consume their lives as if it's media, as if it's an an opinion to have and to debate or some sort of, you know, something that's not actually in contact with the actual reality of what Palestinians experience. I implore everyone watching right now, do not let up the energy. Please keep fighting for our Palestinian comrades. Please don't get distracted and think, oh, I'm sick and tired of hearing about this. They're sick and tired of living it. It needs to end. And we have the power to stop it if we keep fucking fighting. So please, I I implore you, keep fighting, keep up the energy and do not let do not do not let Palestinians just be forgotten. Or if there's a ceasefire, that's nothing. A ceasefire 
is something that Israel doesn't respect. We've seen it time and time again. A ceasefire doesn't stop the occupation. The ceasefire doesn't stop the settler violence against Palestinians. None of this stops. We have to fight for an end of the occupation. So please do not let up the steam on this. Yeah, one of the chants that we had in Manchester was uh, uh, Gaza, Gaza, don't you cry. We will never let you die. That one that one killed me. That yeah, one's yeah. like... Yeah, I think it's really important to say like the, the, the ruling class, the establishment, then the Western powers like all want to make this like um, an informational war of attrition. Like when you see Keir Starmer like support war crimes publicly and then when he's called out on it his answer isn't like to change his position apologize or even or even double down but just pretend he didn't say it and when you see like uh joe biden like uh tell us that we shouldn't believe palestinians counts of their own like uh death counts and their accounts of what's happening to them right like this condescending shit is, is for a reason and it's just to create like noise that will exhaust us and we can't let noise exhaust us we have to just keep returning to like what we know of what is happening and what palestinians are telling us and 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 pushing harder um and yeah like i think that there's a there's an interesting discussion to be had in in the ways that they'll try and waste our energies but it's just really important to see that they are trying to waste our energies and then to know that that means that we need to just keep the pressure going because they wouldn't be trying to if it weren't working and it is working right like the it is I mean, we've just heard the huge list, right? We've just heard like how, how, just how much support's been coming out. Um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, now we're bringing it right back round to Sophie again for oh. another news story. Yes. Well, I want to tell you about um, the, I want to tell you about the, the, the hacking of the second largest uh, insurance company in Russia that's called uh, Roskostrak. Uh, but I'm not going to yet. You know why? Because I'm going to tell you uh, a brief reminder instead. The show is supported by our patrons over at uh, uh, patreon.com slash red underscore planet. Uh, what we're working towards is uh, we've already gotten enough money to be able to pay our wonderful uh, producer, Conrad, who does so, so much for the show. But currently, Conrad also is is taking on a lot of editor, editor work, and he would be freed up to do so much more uh, and so much more of the editing would be done solely by someone who's focusing on it if we hit our next goal and we're able to hire an editor. If we check out patreon.com slash red underscore planet, we are already like really close to that goal. Um, and yeah, just a little more support would make the show so much better in so many ways. Like I say, like Conrad not having to do the editing, he's already helped the show so much. I, I think like longer term fans of the show can see this enormously. Uh, we've missed so many fewer shows because of Conrad and it's all been so organized um, and just just generally so much better and focused and has a, has a has a momentum to it um, that we didn't have before. And, and I, I think that like I'm I'm as excited for the possibility that like we get an editor and the editor can like produce little YouTube shorts and TikToks and all these things as I am that like Conrad will uh, be able to like uh, do even more incredible production work. Uh, and make the show even better. So uh, yeah, again, check us out at patreon.com slash red underscore planet. Um, do we need to say anything else about the Patreon? Mule Kira? Yeah, I don't, we're just um, really, really close to getting the... Yeah, the, I think it's just worth the editor. Yeah, yeah we're, we're, we're really nearly there. So if you aren't currently a supporter of the, the Red Planet Patreon, yeah, I mean, honestly, it would genuinely tip the show over into doing more stuff that I feel is concretely like good for the the world. Uh, I feel I, you know, I'm proud of what we do here. And I, I think that like reaching that next goal will 
make the things I'm proud of even more based. Anyway. Yeah. Like I, I think, um, you know, whenever I'm telling people to like subscribe to, to my stream or, you know, donate and stuff, I'm always like, you know, oh, if you've learned something, if you've laughed or whatever, but like, really, let's be real. Like we're, we're actually really trying to make the world a better place here like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're really trying chat so yeah, please yeah, yeah. uh consider dipping in those pockets we are really proud of what we do and you can help make it even better patreon.com slash red underscore planet so i want to tell you a bit about uh a bit about some hacking which actually uh is uh, a piece that was written by our guest today that's right we have our tech correspondent uh maya crime on uh, once again, uh, it's always a pleasure to have Maya. The story is that uh, the second largest insurance company in Russia, Roskostruck, uh, has been hacked, uh, revealing just a, a ton of data, which um, I don't know if I'm if I'm the best person to get into it. But luckily, the best person to get into it, who wrote the piece that I read, and that's all the information I have anyway, just joined the call. So, uh, hey, Maya, it's good to see you again. Hi, uh, the I'm... I'm happy to be back. And yeah, I have new hair now. I actually have a haircut again. So that's, <laughs> that's an upgrade since I was here and last time. Uh, um, so yeah, do you want to tell us a bit about Roster Strike before we get into the main topic for today? The first thing I need to say is that I have a regret about what this article is titled because uh, I, okay, I don't speak Russian, right? Uh, but like immediately after I posted this, I had like five people point out to me that Roskostrak is a really funny name for an insurance company because uh, the last bit Strak is like a shortening of the word for insurance. But Strak also just so happens to mean fear in Russian. So they are just called Russian government fear uh, okay. by accident. Uh, so <laughs> yes, this is the Russian uh, Russian government fear uh, insurance. Um, nice, nice. I look forward to the to Rishi's scary spooky insurance house uh, in the UK. <laughs> Yeah, this is the result of me finally getting back into doing some writing after taking a bit of time off, uh, catching up with my sources, like just being like, hey, yo, what have you been up to? Do you have anything to write about? And I kind of got to, got back to the thing of like, yeah, I just hacked like a bunch of big things in Russia. Uh, but like I, need, like I need money right now. So like this is definitely going up for sale, not just being dropped, whatever. Like I'm fine with that. Uh, but like we talked it through for a bit, me and like, the sources and they were like yeah okay um they, they agreed with me that i would get to cover this data exclusively uh, i'm not allowed to share it with anyone but hey it means at least some of this data got covered uh which was very interesting to do uh and also very easy because like the main thing we have there is a really massive database of 730,000 russian citizens uh basically all their personal data uh, even like passport scans and passport numbers and, and addresses and everything. And the funniest thing is there is a field. It's public official. Uh, you can just search for all the public officials. Awesome. Who are insured with this company. I love a well-formatted database so much. Yes, it's it's so cool. Um, so yeah, basically there were a bunch of them. Um, I then went to working on figuring out who these people are uh, with like a bunch of Googling at some advanced work with some help from other friends who are even better at OSN than I am, or at least at specific parts of it. So yeah, and we were able to identify like most of them. Some of them are, we didn't conclusively identify, but they were very sus. There's one guy who's not mentioned on his list, which just does a lot of volunteer work for his village. 
like a lot. Like he's very popular for his volunteer work and they keep writing articles about how he does volunteer work. And he's marked as a public official. There is no record of him being a public official anywhere, though. Uh, so, huh. yeah, who knows? Who knows what's up with that guy? Also, he's like being paid for the volunteer work by the government, which makes it not exactly volunteer work. But we didn't quite understand what the deal with this guy was. But like, yeah, on, on the surface, just like some guy. But yeah, maybe it's also just a data error. But it was interesting to find out about this guy anyways. But yeah, there are some pretty big people on there. There is like uh, at least one person who's actually sanctioned on there, who's like the, the major general of justice uh, for a region, as well as uh, the head of like a directorate for for the SKR, which is one of like the intelligence services in Russia. Uh, they are like the intelligence service above the other ones, at least above the police ones. Uh, they are like the anti-corruption service. They get to investigate other government services, which is kind of cool. Yeah, there's also an agent from that same service in the same thing again. He was also voted the best investigator in his entire region. Uh, that's why we know that he is an investigator, because they wrote articles about him being the best investigator. Uh, otherwise, he would not have been Googleable. Uh, so, thanks. <laughs> Uh, yeah, various other people. A lot of them are also like uh, spouses of like important people. Yeah, and then I re- re- remember that wait since since the Ukraine war, one of the like good things coming out of it with like v- many many air quotes is all the not neatly available intelligence that was made public on like people who are engaged in intelligence and stuff. There is like really long compiled list of Gru agents. I still think it's funny that they have an agency called Gru. <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, what would you call the people who work for Gru? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> minions, possibly. Yeah, I think but, that's yeah. thing, actually. They would be Gru's minions, yeah. Uh, and yeah, there's a list of these. Uh, most of them with passport number, which is useful because like my data also contains passport numbers. So I just like searched for all of those passport numbers. And there were actually three like, secret uh, military intelligence agents in that database unfortunately no passport copies for any of them but yeah that was still interesting and i was then trying to find some patterns of whether it would be possible to search for the for just like other secret agents i wasn't able to identify anything that would be significant enough but yeah that's like the main gist of this is that it helped me get some additional info on people who were already doxxed anyways uh (laughs) I might do a follow-up piece in this where I do some like general data analytics about how people have life insurance in Russia, like how that's distributed and what like the some of the most out there outlandish fucked up insurance policies are. Like even yeah. of these people, some of them have like really fucked up policies where they have like tens of millions of rubles in, in life insurance coverage where I like wonder what's happening. Mm. Uh yeah. Yeah, I, I um yeah, I think it was a really interesting write up. I, I I was quite entertained by the um XKCD punchline, just the like checking checking where 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 are where are the people insured by this company. I, I this is just a population map of Russia. Yes. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, I, I kind of assume I'm just gonna create a population map and like it I invested like so much time in then actually creating the map. I'm oh no, it's getting really used good. to that. It's really but good. like it, it let me learn some of like the mapping software. So it was like a good little exercise because I haven't really used it before. It was but really yeah. Good. And I mean, even just for the joke alone, it was worth it. But yeah. Uh... <laughs> I love data visualizations, but that's just yeah, my same. autism. 
<laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's still interesting because it showed mm-hmm. like that there is a number of insured people, even out of the small section of people I used to draw the plot, uh, who are in like. Um, who who are in like occupied regions of Ukraine and in Crimea and like yeah mm. yeah That's so cool. interesting well so. I've linked that in the chat I'll link it again just now um yeah cool good to and, good to cover some of your writing yeah and also yeah I am now back to writing I'm now also doing some non hacking writing for once um maybe oh, I'll fun. be maybe I'll eventually be back and actually talk about culture for once we will <laughs> I'm writing about culture I'm doing cool culture writing wait actually well, yeah. okay if i'm allowed to quickly plug my writing i can give you of course just, you are I, I can give you the title and the list of content warnings because it gives you an idea of how stupid this story is and working on okay. <laughs> okay the title of this is we have reached rabbit hole rock bottom uh, and my content warnings include slurs racism anti-semitism race fetishization suicide self-harm grooming eating disorders cults incel slash femcel edgelord shit and nfts um yeah. wow yeah <laughs> okay the oh, end. wow that's yeah. the worst one <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so yeah, I I I I went down some rabbit hole a few nights ago, and I was like, okay, I need to write about this. This is some fucked up shit. <laughs> I, for one, am looking forward to it. Yeah, uh, but today you're here to tell us a little bit about sneaker nets. Um, yes. We um, basically, I think we want to have a discussion about like um, parallel power and the internet. Um, this is not a hypothetical discussion. Ukraine and Gaza, um, a, l- a lot of kind of comparisons have been made around about how uh, liberals who support Ukraine should support Palestinians. But I think one of the interesting kind of uh, comparisons of uh, what is happening in these in these conflicts in these wars is uh, looking at internet access because informational infrastructure is really important in the modern age. Uh, the huge um, backlash that we're seeing uh, that is becoming very pro-Palestinian and very anti. Israeli uh, uh, occupation and genocide is, you know, is so made possible by the internet, by social media, by people being able to get their, like, the truth out about their actual situations, right? And, um, yeah, and for that to work, there has to be informational infrastructure. But Ukraine and Gaza both suffered internet outages. Um, Gaza's internet is just back on, I think, yesterday, in the last few days anyway, after having been cut off by Israel. Like I say, it's not a hypothetical discussion uh, to think about how people get some kind of access, get mm. data, get the resources that are available on the modern internet when someone is cutting off their internet. And there are other sides to that discussion as well. But do you want to tell us a bit about sneakernets? Right. <laughs> I can I, I, I the word sneakernet is funny because at first it sounds really confusing and once you know what it's talking about, it's just like ah, yeah, of course. It yeah. Was that. yeah. Mule, do you know this do you know sneakernets at all? It's when you um <laughs> have something to catch all the shoes you throw out the window <laughs> because it sounds like a, a move in like some kind of like cyberpunk card game oh right? like absolutely you, like you would have like you play a card that's called like sneaker net and it's got like a picture of like a robot spider on it or something you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I think it's i mean it makes sense it's still very cyberpunk even with what it really is which is why it makes sense that it also keeps being a trope in like c- cyberpunk fiction but yeah no sneaker nets are when instead of using an internet connection either because it's something that would that is like too large of the uh too large of a 
data set or whatever, um, or because uh, your internet is being monitored, or because you do not have access to internet, uh, where you transfer data by foot uh, or by car or whatever, but you walk physically to the location where the data needs to go. You physically distribute data on like USB hard drives and 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 USB drives and floppies or whatever, like literally anything. This can be a really effective method, especially for like yeah, cutoff re- uh, regions to get to, like Sophie said, yeah, to get information into places, to get information inside those places around. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, this is something we've said a few times on the show when we talked about Myanmar. Is like uh, something that uh, it could happen here. Covered like. The revolutionaries, a lot of them are not people who are ideologically committed beforehand. Uh, even if they've mixed in with those people, the like a, a large number of the people by proportion are people who just Googled how to make a gun, how to make a bomb when the military hunter came into power. And that does lead to the question, like, what if you can't Google? Yes, I, I, I was about to also just use Myanmar as an example, because that's where I kind of helped with, with some support work. Or an interesting thing there is that obviously nowadays the more ideal thing to try and build up is to at least help people communicate within this cutoff region. The thing that made this a bit easier with Myanmar is that they just had daily shutdowns for a few hours whenever they expect the protests to happen rather than complete shutdowns. So you had a few hours of per day where you could talk to your local contacts. And we try to help them set up like like uh, various peer-to-peer messaging apps that work over Wi-Fi and work over Bluetooth, but like in local networks. And if you have enough people on these, you can spread this quite far. And these are usually also encrypted. So you actually end up with something that's sort of way harder for intelligence to monitor. You must construct additional pylons. Yes, that's always the uh, important thing to consider here as well, that you're obviously fighting with intelligence on another front and on the front where they're usually way quicker to act uh, in situations like these, uh, especially because this is like the bread and butter of what intelligence is actually good at, is sending a guy somewhere. Uh, like, <laughs> especially in a war situation when it doesn't matter if that guy has to shoot a gun. Like, now I do think that's uh, always important to consider, especially when you are physically moving things. So I think what's almost more important is like trying to build up local networks that are not dependent on a link to the outside world. So you at least... Because the first thing you need to prevent is people just panicking while the internet is shut down. You need to at least keep the local communication going. And then the next step is trying to get a connection to the outside as well once like at least coordination can happen because like the idea with the shutdowns is first of all obviously that no videos appear on like social media internationally of like genocides happening or whatever or like killing happening or just any kind of repression and also to give you more time to collect people's mobile phones or whatever like because Mm. people can't post in the moment so you have like so much time to get rid of evidence well, I think talking about that side of it is really important too. I think we should definitely spend some time on like the uh, local internet. Absolutely, yeah. But like the the thing about like the local thing is that you at least that way you can still do coordinated action. You can do coordinated protests, uh, and I think for that at least the real time network is important for the local connection. Uh, getting to the outside that does not need like ideally that's as fast as possible, but that's like. Where, where it's like, as long as information gets in and out, we are like already doing better than while everything is cut off. And I think that's that's more where the physical stuff then comes into play, where you like, co- where like, especially if you have a local network, you can collect all the data from 
that or you can have some people collect the stuff there that's important and get that out and get stuff in and distribute it to people. I also think it's in- interesting to see how many examples of real-time uses of like uh, that this this stuff there is. Uh, I, like especially like one of the more recent examples is like Afghanistan, but not in the context of like very much the ongoing conflict, but after a conflict, we like not that there's no more ongoing conflict, but now that it's like the Taliban governed, uh, we have these cars driving around uh, with with internet content uh, who give this out where you get access to like international content rather than just whatever your government wants you to access. And this is like wow. a common, this is like a common theme with places that have a fairly strict firewall or, or cut off where there will be like. Uh, entire groups set up and dedicated to like giving out movies and giving out porn or whatever just wow uh, giving access to media uh and i do think that's interesting and also sometimes like news story roundup and despite being in cars that's still uh a sneaker net right that's like they're they're taking data physically from one place to another yeah yes and like handing it out and usually it's like weekly or like daily things where you either get like the news of the last week on a hard drive and then you can read through that if you're like subscribed to it uh and things like that i do think that's interesting uh i think sneaker nets are somewhat hard to do like in an active conflict because of like the amount of data that changes so quickly and it's not quick like that's this kind of the the whole thing with it is that yeah it's obviously way slower than the internet so it i think it's useful to get uh like evidence out of crimes that are happening i don't think it's as useful to like actively do communication and coordination but you can obviously also get uh, info from the outside in again that's like intelligence and what's happening on the other side or whatever but but still i uh, yeah. yeah i mean i think that's really important as well like when we talk about um when, when there are people marching right um if we're using gaza as, as, as our example right now like um, if there are people marching all around the world, but Gaza has its internet cut off, then like one of the kind of tragedies and also I think a thing I think probably demotivates people from wanting to protest is like the idea that the Gazans won't see it. Um, mm. Right. But like getting an update, even if it's not like strategically important that people are demanding change around the world. Right. Yeah, I think that's also the important thing about like how much of like the sneaker net stuff that exists in the real world and is like a big thing, big enough for to, for example Wikipedia to write about it or for me to just know about it, uh, is is that like a lot of it is like just media. It's just things to keep your brain like you need to somehow like be able to take a break if you're in like a situation like this. You need to like like as much as 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 hard as it is. I feel like that's also very vital. The interesting thing with Gaza is that we still sometimes have some satellite communications working. I mean, now now I think the internet is back. I don't know. I haven't read the current status again, but earlier today, at least, uh, Palnet was able to get connections working again, uh, at least for parts of Gaza. So, yeah. I mean, a lot of the internet um, access discourse that I've seen has been irritatingly, has been about Starlink and about whether Elon Musk will... Uh, be everyone's billionaire superhero and he does this all the time by the way well he provided internet for ukraine and then basically said to the american government that if they didn't take it over he was just going to give up and walk away 
Yeah, I think he just cut them off at some random point or something. Uh, like it's it's the f- he's been doing this for years, where whenever there's any crisis, he has to pretend to be the savior just so he can get more tax cuts or whatever. Like all the way back with the story that is like part of why people started hating him, which was the whole like the the cave thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's that's like where a lot of the the current arc of Elon Musk started is around then because people started disliking him in public. Uh, but yeah, that's besides weird the pedo point. guy saga. <laughs> yeah. Oh, how the years have started coming and not stopped coming. Yeah. Why are we talking about whether um, billionaires will save everyone? We should be talking about what we can all do together. My my opinion on it is is that if he actually does it, it's gonna be useful at least in short term. It's not gonna last, and honestly, I just don't really care. Like it's just an image campaign. I I do not care about the image campaign of some some billionaire. Like I also really don't think he would even consider uh, doing Starlink in Gaza because he is so overtly white supremacist uh, yes. uh and and extremely anti-semitic as well now as well like we're talking like you know for real anti-semitic not like yeah. i don't like israel um so yeah it's just I, yeah i don't think there's even yeah a, also a... like the bigger problem really is also like getting any of the ground equipment into 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 gaza like that's not gonna work like who's gonna bring that there without getting it shut down at the point like because that's obviously gonna like like Israel is obviously gonna say, oh, Hamas is gonna use this and immediately attack anyone trying to set up start. Like it's, I I just don't see that working. No, it's not gonna happen. I'm gonna say the Hamas runs Starlink. <laughs> I do think Elon at some point started saying that he is gonna do it just for humanitarian organizations. I still don't see that working, but like at least they possibly feasibly have a way to get equipment into Gaza, like. But, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, apartheid Clyde provides internet to your region as you're being genocided, but he doesn't give you the Wi-Fi password. <laughs> yes, yes, basically. I also want to note that I forget exactly when he did this, but there was he's done things where there's, like, conditions where he says, like, he'll, for instance, I, I suspect for this situation um, that when he's providing Starling for humanitarian organizations that his idea of what a humanitarian organization is, is going to be magically like extremely slim or impossible to satisfy. Cause he's done stuff like this before where he's like, Hey, I, I'll give this much money. If you just, you know, present to me this specific type of entity that at first I gestured towards it being like, obviously there's many organizations that fall under this category, but now that I'm talking more, it turns out there's no organizations that could possibly fall under this category. I think this also reminds me of the story when he was like, if anyone can prove we owned Emerald Miles, I will, mine, so I will give <laughs> yeah. them a million dollars. And his dad immediately went to the media and gave an, gave an interview about how <laughs> they owned Emerald Mines. Because, yeah, like, first of all, his father is also an asshole and is fairly shameless about the whole having owned an Emerald Mine thing. And, like, yeah, he was also like, okay, give me a million, son. I think he also said... <laughs> I didn't know that last bit. That's yeah. So I think he also said that he would uh, give money to people that will show him like ex like like ways that you can hack a Tesla. I do remember that. Uh Tesla is one of the most uh, it's one <laughs> of the companies that like is the most 
uh, aggressive against people who do car hacking to improve security of cars. I don't know if this is still true, but like I used to have friends in the car hacking community and Teslas are the most fun to hack because they're so bad, but mm-hmm. also they are, they don't take it that well, but yeah. Oh, I just want to say that like if flipper zeros, you can program them to uh, pop open the, the uh, charge port for Tesla. You can't do in- that with flippers. Oh, see, yeah, there's a flipper zero. Yeah, it's actually super, apparently super easy and they have never fixed it and it applies to all Teslas. You can just drive around and boop, boop and like see them all pop open. Um, yep. So I'm That's excited for incredible. Elon Musk to uh, compensate, you know, you or anybody else for 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 uh, having this this exploit because you know that's what he does he uh, what you he really want to see is whether whether you can uh fucking double the battery life of the tesla because the the, the full-size battery is installed in all of them and the uh the battery life is artificially halved if you pay less it's the good old thing where having two production lines costs more than just making yeah. two yeah. price classes yeah. <laughs> and limiting it in software that's true of so many things there was like a hurricane or something. Uh, I can't remember the exact details of it, but there was a, there was a there was a uh, an extreme weather event, and um, Tesla temporarily let people who don't pay more just have double the battery life so they could drive further and get out. That is um, just like also uh, just the most Elon just, shit and the most yeah. straight out of cyberpunk <laughs> shit. Uh, but yeah. I I think this also reminds me of the one thing where like HP is selling printers for cheaper that only work over Wi-Fi. Uh, And then like one of them has like a sticker on the back that says Wi-Fi only. And then it has a sticker below it. Uh, If you peel it off, there's a USB plug. You can plug it in and use your printer with USB uh, because uh, it's not even disabled in the software. They didn't oh, even bother fine. to do that because even that will, they just put a sticker over the USB part. <laughs> I would expect nothing less from the company that uh, created the um, Palestinian recognition system mm-hmm. for the IDF. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boycott HP. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, yeah. Also, HP, horrible company. Anyways, also from a technical standpoint, like right, right, like 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 I don't know. It's capitalism, right? It's capitalism. Yeah. You know, it's just revolting nonsense. Love a good bit of capitalism. They're at the forefront of making technology like Gillette uh, racers. So, <laughs> um, okay, we've maybe talked enough about Elon Musk. Uh, yes. Let's talk more about how how the people can provide uh, internet. Um, I don't think we got like a, a, a direct definition of sneaker nets down, but it's about the physical sharing of. Yeah, um, it's, it's when about you get a USB plug. Listen, listen. Let's let's see if the explanation has worked. It's me, your boy, Donkus Jonkus. Do I understand? <laughs> uh, it's when you get a USB stick, and that's got like a bit of the internet on it. Yeah, or just any data you want to share. Yeah. It's yeah. it's it's yeah. like also the the funny thing is it even still counts as a sneaker net if you send it via mail, where where we get to all these funny ac- 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 student experiments where they try if FedEx has a higher bandwidth than their internet connection between two <laughs> unis, uh, and usually FedEx wins because you can just send big hard drives uh, and transferring massive amounts of data. This is another XKCD punchline, right? This is that. Um... <laughs> When will the internet get better bandwidth than FedEx? The funniest thing about that is the quote, uh, the citation for that is actually a what if, uh, which is the Randall Munro like actual science uh, thing, which is like Randall Munro is the guy behind XKCD, and he also 
has like made like two books now and like lots of blog posts where he answers like r- people's random like questions that are kind of weird nerdy shit like it's like when will the internet be faster than fedex uh and and yeah that's actually the citation in the wikipedia article because it's the most like well-written <laughs> researched piece on this topic that's pretty funny um so when my when i was in the boy scouts and my friend brought uh, a bunch of movies on uh his ipod and then i watched heath ledger's uh, performance in the dark knight on a screen this big that was a sneaker net uh i think uh, that's the important thing to get across here no i mean not per se because he didn't copy it off the thing if you then took the ipod and copied it onto your that's a good ipod point. that's a good point uh which by the way is legal uh file sharing among friends even of copyrighted works is legal in most jurisdictions just so you know uh only one of <laughs> you has, has to commit a crime uh <laughs> But yeah, that's explicitly within the thing of like, it's the same thing as lending a DVD to someone. It's as long as it's for personal use, you are not, you're not violating copyright law. Um, maybe then, do you want to talk to us more about like the local internet, uh, internet stuff? And I mean, you like, I don't, I don't know about your work with, uh, support in Myanmar. You could tell us about that too. Yes, I can't talk about that in detail, partially because it's from the era where I don't remember a lot of things. It's the start of 2021 where like everything happened. Uh, But like the thing I wanted to mention specifically is uh, the protocol for like those local networks that work over both Wi-Fi, uh, the internet and Bluetooth and whatnot. Uh, That's called Scuttlebutt Protocol. Scuttlebutt is a funny word, but it also like means something. I forgot what it means. It means gossip. It it means oh right it's yeah and it's is like, that what it's it like actually a, means apparently yeah, I, mean, I also I also just quickly googled it it doesn't mean gossip <laughs> yeah see to me a scuttle but it conjures an image of kind of like a beetle you know it's scuttling Same. around it's got a big butt right you know until until just right now I thought it was named after an insect so uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, no, that is like a cool protocol. There is various applications for it. You basically get Twitter, but it's only you only get access to people who like have the same hash entered as their network thing, uh, and are on like the the same local network. I forgot how to how to set it up uh, properly, but yeah, interesting. The, the, just so you have a term term to look for, it's Scuttlebutt Protocol. There is various pretty cool applications for it. It's obvious. It's it's not catching on because it's annoying to get to work. But if you set it up specifically for a group of people who can profit from it, it's very valuable. Uh, I believe some of the resources that were created for Myanmar are publicly available. Uh, like we made like video tutorials for how to set up the applications and stuff. Uh, I'm not sure how public they are, but you might be able to find those. The one thing I can get into a bit more just in general of like support work from like activist groups is that like, uh, I think an important part that people forget, especially in like things where you have people going against their own regime, which was the thing in, in Myanmar, which, which is, is the thing in a lot of the thing cases where you give explicit outside support because you're supporting people who are very new to a cause. You're giving support to people who like barely anyone has experience with organizing. You're not. Like, yeah, like, I think that was very different with, like, Ukraine. That's kind of different with Palestine, where you have, like, local, like, already existing structures that, like, know how to do shit. You don't need to give them, like, ev- as much of support as with, like, uh, uprisings, like like the one in Myanmar, uh, against, like, an enemy inside the country. Uh, but there, the thing is, like, a lot of it is about helping with communication, helping getting shit out, uh, having local contacts, doing, like, similar work that journalists 
do as well. And basically, you are kind of supporting journalism in a way. You are trying to get info out. You're trying to get info in. Uh, but also with the added benefit of we can hack into shit. We can like, uh, which is especially useful when uh, in uprisings like these, you get a lot of people who previously worked for the government uh, who now do not want to work for the government anymore. They mm-hmm. have passwords and they are willing to <laughs> share. Uh, or you have people who work in a server center that happens to host things for the government and they can just walk in there because they are an employee. Uh, and I think that's very important. And I think that's something a lot of people forget. Like these people might not have the hacking experience, but they are in a situation where the only thing they can do is rise up. So you can just help them. You can tell them which tools to use. You can either guide them to do the stuff themselves if they are willing to do that. Uh, or you can just help them give you access to systems. Uh, I think the funniest thing with Myanmar is that... Um, we at some points at least temporarily reversed the internet bans uh, because we had access to most telecommunication infrastructure in some ways. Uh, so, wow. Yeah. That's, that's cool incredible. Shit. Uh, and, 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 and at one point then we kind of inversed the internet ban and just turned off the internet for all police stations and no one else. So, Oh my God. <laughs> that rocks so fucking And hard. I think it's important <laughs> to consider that this is not a Myanmar thing. Like, a lot of these things happen in any conflict. Like, yeah. probably also from either side. And it's important to consider that it's not just state actors. That also, that's also just people who care. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe even people who care on the side I disagree with. But, like, it's still important mm-hmm. to consider how much of modern, like, warfare uh, is just happening from people around the world supporting locals in different ways. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Damn. definitely. Um, so you said about having you said about with Scuttlebutt having the same like um, hash entered to make it work. Does that uh, in theory that means that unless other people have that hash, they they can't get onto the network, um, and that makes it quite secure, right? The thing with Scuttlebutt at the end of the day, especially if you want it to be widely used in a conflict like this, is that you need to assume that other people are reading as well. But because of how it works and how any client on their own distributes what they know to every other client, there is no one who can control the network. And because you're always going to have more people uh, on the side of like doing resistance than on the side of intelligence, there is not, there's ne- you're never going to have a situation where intelligence will like outweigh you. So uh, I think the important thing is just that you like obviously make people aware of the fact that there is op- in any communication format in cases like this a possibility of intelligence being in on it and at least reading along. But I think the important thing is that like once internet shutdowns start to happen, you know that they've lost con- uh, control of communication channels. They are struggling with keeping up. Uh, I think that's like especially that was especially also visible with Myanmar where they. Uh, themselves relied on internet being available, which meant that internet was only down for like four hours a day. Uh, like it, it says a lot about how how it was about trying to gain back control of something that was control was lost over, which I think is also the case with Palestine. Like a lot of that seems like very desperate action. I want to sort of like get an understanding of we're, we're literally just doing the thing in hackers where they yes. 
<laughs> we're doing the thing in hackers like i think it's also important that like a lot of what probably comes to people's mind about like moving data physically is like shit like like edward snowden when he like just literally physically went to hong kong and told right the shittiest journalist to ever exist to also come to hong kong and hand him some data i will not even be mentioning his name because i don't want to but um <laughs> It's like very whistleblower core thing. I also found the request for doing this episode really interesting because I, I bought this a few days ago uh, to to give this to a journalist with some leaks on it, uh, like oh. past things that are public just because it's way faster than data transferring. Uh, so <laughs> and we're going to meet for an interview anyway. So I'm just going to bring the data they asked for along. Uh, Incredible. That's absolutely correct. So that's so useful for, like, there is. I'm just trying. I'm trying to get my head around this because there's so many applications that you could use this for, especially in like an mm-hmm. activist. Yes, sense. I I think that the thing I always think about is that the important thing to consider is that like I I think what you're very quick to think when you're doing this, especially I'm now I'm now thinking of like local Antifa groups and whatever. Where people will very like the, the the things I've seen in groups like these and those with groups of these asking me for security advice or whatever, do not ask me for security advice. I'm an indicted person. That, like <laughs> I'm, I'm for for once giving more uh, giving more uh, operational security advice than I usually would because because it's not an area I act in a lot. So right, it's 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 specifically because I'm not too much of an expert on this to feel like I might be misleading in the in the way of I'm too. Yeah confident about it uh, it's the so. the parallel uh repeated disclaimers when i say like look i go to protests and i'm not disguised because people are gonna recognize me anyway mm-hmm. and maya saying uh, uh don't trust me on security i have uh uh demonstrably failed <laughs> <laughs> yes i have demonstrably failed and there's the cool thing of where you need to just as a baseline I'm not saying I'm an informant, but as a baseline, you need to inf- assume that anyone in activism spaces who has been indicted by the U.S. government is an informant for the U.S. government. This, like, just that this is this is the thing you need to consider before you, like, okay. First of all, do not send people on the internet incriminating info about yourself. That's stupid. <laughs> Second of all, definitely do not send incriminating info to an indicted activist uh, on social media and Twitter DMs. Uh, I will block you. Uh, so, <laughs> just so we have oh, that out no. of the way. Uh, <laughs> it it happens too often. Um, I was going to say, how long the hell does this happen? <laughs> oh, yeah, I also God. keep having to tell people that getting indicted isn't cool. Getting away with shit is always cooler. Uh, <laughs> like people are always like, I want to be like you and be wanted by the government one day, and I'm just like, no. You yeah, should be. That, you should learn from me, and you should learn from me how to get away with it, not how to end up in the same situation I am. Right. I don't want the I, government, and I don't want them to want me. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I want. I I want girls to want me, not the government. That's always the better option, thousand <laughs> percent. But yeah. Anyways, uh, t- tangent over. Uh, wh- where were we? What was the question I was failing to answer? No, uh, <laughs> I can't remember if there was a, a question. Oh, right, that. about yeah. like about like local Antifa groups and what I often see is is that they uh, like someone at one point tells them something about operational security and something to keep in mind. The most popular thing being that you need to always have your phones turned off and in another room during any meeting, which it's not bad. That's like a good thing to start with. But then often that's the one thing people latch onto, and then that's how their their threat model is. Like, 
Uh, I, I, I think, okay, already I have mentioned the word. Please Google it. If you do any kind of activism, please look into threat modeling. Please get an idea of what threat modeling is. Please develop a model of, uh, like a threat model, uh, know which risks you're willing to take, know which consequences that might come with. Uh, it doesn't need to be written down. But at least mentally, like go through things that could happen to you and go through what you will, how you will react to them. Yeah, I'm just like Googling that real quick. And it kind of comes up with this uh, uh, image that to describe it, it's like a, a, a circular kind of thing. And it's like, it says define, diagram, identify, mitigate and validate. Generally, I think threat modeling is important. Like the word kind of describes it. You're trying to model the threats you you have to expect. Uh, don't go into it too hard, or you're gonna be paranoid for life. But like, especially before you go to a protest, like think to yourself, or like if you're organizing a protest, properly consider potential risks. Properly consider what the police might do. Where are like risky spots on the thing? Uh, is there possibility for fascists like uh, interrupting your protest? Uh, and, and things like that. Um, and like also what your reactions to it are. And this then becomes even more important when you do anything with digital devices. And I think this is the, once again, the thing with the like local Antifa groups where their threat model stops at whatever the first upsec advice someone gave them is like, like the whole phones thing where that's like the only thing, but then people go out and drink together immediately after some illegal protest, talk about it. I've, I've heard of Antifa groups that got mostly, like, that got half of their actions busted because they were filming their actions with a GoPro. Cool. You can make, like, your videos of it. They did not clear the, the, the SD card before the action. They got arrested. There was evidence of all their previous actions on there. Uh, it's, like, just basic shit like this, which... If you like internalize like some sort of model of what do I need to consider, uh, then yeah, ideally you don't film yourself doing crime. But like, uh, I get that sometimes you want to make like those cool like videos that are kind of like call to actions for for protests where you spray like one thing or drop one banner and it's like yeah, and then you anonymize it properly. But after you have anonymized the footage, immediately delete the original footage, please. Yeah, and never, yeah. never have like evidence for other crimes with you while you're doing crime. This is like basic shit. But like, I get why people don't think of this. You're not in the mindset that of like thinking through it. And I think that's very important for activists. That's not directly the topic for today. But like, I think that's then important to consider if you want to do shit like sneaker nets for your local community is uh, considering what that means and what you need to consider because. Uh, as soon as like you start doing that and any of your people start talking about how cool you are for exchanging your data in this cool cyberpunk way uh, in their bar with like random friends with like other people sitting next to them, you are going to get fucked over by the cops. They are just going to wait for you and they're going to be like, oh, we're searching you. Like, oh, you smell like weed, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they're, like, like, like they're going to find an excuse and they're going to have like proof of whatever crime you're carrying around with you because like let's be real most anti-fascist research is in some way a crime like you're either doxing people or you're doing this or you're having evidence of action like that's just important shit to consider uh when you're doing work like this and i think i I think to me that's very sad that like in most local activist groups it's not something people really think through uh, I think it's important that threat modeling is not just a thing for uh, cybersecurity professionals working for the U.S. government. 
Uh, <laughs> but something just like anyone does mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, if you're a- active in ha- uh, activism spaces. It's, it's important to protect you and especially your colleagues. The most important thing to consider when you're doing teamwork is that you are allowed to fuck yourself over however hard you want. As <laughs> soon as you work in a team, you carry... A, a very big part of like the the uh, responsibility for those people mm-hmm, automatically. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do not fuck your friends. If you do that, you do not. They're not your friends anymore. I promise you that much. Like, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. It's, it's or or, or if they still are, you're gonna have regrets forever. Like, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's this. You really have to think in terms of, um what your position is you know we're always telling people on red planet get involved in activism get involved in direct action and that's all well and good um but you do have to remember that even though the state whatever state you're in whatever whatever country you're in might not explicitly say that they then consider you an enemy or a threat but then you are actually that and they do consider you as that uh and you know the police are there to protect the state and capital um and they will try and use any kind of of an excuse it's exactly like maya said it's like the reason why people say to you you might be in some activist groups where they say to you don't bring weed to a protest if you're a big stoner don't bring weed to a protest because the cops will smell it on you they'll find an mm. excuse to, to arrest you you're more likely you, you i've i've walked past cops in the street while i've been smoking a big spliff and they've not arrested me but you bet your fucking bottom dollar that they will do it if they catch you at a protest because that is an excuse for them to do yes. it basically or, yeah. and and even worse what might happen is they might just see that as a reason to escalate against the protest in exactly. general you do not want to be the person responsible for the cup suddenly peppering everyone you, you don't like yeah it's just shit like this that will eat eat away at you forever like i i've seen people have like their whole shit drawing like people who don't do activism anymore not because they don't stand for a cause but because they're ashamed because they made a mistake once which to be clear again like that happens like you fuck up even if you're really good at prep modeling which is why i'm saying don't get into it too deep or it will make like it will incap incapacitate you even more if you get into it too hard don't like give in to paranoia just be rational about what you're doing and be prepared for consequences because th- there will be consequences that there might not be, but like assume to yourself that eventually there will be consequences. Uh, and if you're prepared enough, they won't be bad. Like, I don't know. I'm still here. I'm doing stuff like uh, <laughs> it, it's it's just and, and I don't think I was prepared enough. But like I <laughs> still like there is some like even if you just like mentally go through some shit. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really good thing to reiterate. And I think that, like, especially when talking about this in particular, because, you know, the first thing that I said in in sort of, like, understanding all this is like, oh, it's like in that movie that's really Mm -hmm. cool. You know, because it is a really cool thing. And it's, yeah, you're going to want to be like, yo, I did this fucking sick thing where I got, like, all this data on this fucking USB drive and I gave it to these people in this squad. And then all of a sudden... Everybody knows who the squat is. Everybody knows where it is. Uh, they're getting evicted. All these vulnerable queer yeah. people are now homeless, you know? So, yeah, you've you got to really consider, like, what you're... I, I, think, I think the other thing I also think is important is to not get too deep into the thing of I can't talk to anyone about anything to get yourself, like, really close friends you can trust. Like, 
and then you talk to each other about some shit. Ideally, like they're from same community, so they're like involved in the same stuff, anyways. And it's like, yeah, but 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 like you you do need a place to vent. This is like the main thing I see with why so many people and and hacking communities and hacktivism communities get so fucked up. It's because you really get into this whole mindset of anyone could be a fan. I could talk to this person who I consider my friend, and I might get arrested tomorrow. I might get banned. And and I think it's important that you like either outside the spaces, but in other activist spaces, find people to talk to, or inside your own spaces. And you can still limit how you talk about shit. Like you can still like at, at least bring up your emotions. Do 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 not lie about that, please, please. Men- mental health in activism spaces is so important, and it's so important to me. Uh, too many people burn out from activism all the time, uh, and, and like. It's not worth it. You're not a martyr for like ruining your life with activism. Like, yeah, absolutely. Activism should exist to make our lives better. You are allowed to take a break. You are allowed to not show up for a protest on Sunday. Like, I get that. Like, you can still fight, anyways. That doesn't mean you're like failing at being an activist. Right. We were talking about this before the stream. Yeah. Yeah. I said my most based thing this week, right, was being taken care of by my partner's experience yes. in queer joy, being held, being yeah. part of community. And I was just telling Neil before the stream yesterday was the huge Palestine demo. There was half a million people there. I wasn't there. I was chilling with my girlfriend, feeling better at recovering from trauma. <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been doing a lot better since I told myself like I'm doing enough on the space I'm focused on. I don't need to show up at every street protest. Yeah. I don't need to be there every time. It's cool when I go there, but like I shouldn't force myself. Like I I almost burned out just from street activism in 2021 where we had to fight against a lot of like COVID conspiracy shit and we things started getting pretty rough on the streets and we started getting confronted by cops because we opposed other people uh it's interesting uh but like yeah I haven't done a lot of physical protest stuff since then because I don't have the energy and you are allowed to do that and I'm saying that specifically because I know a lot of people look up to me and feel bad because they're not doing the shit I'm doing it's fine as long as you're like doing something or at least care about a cause i like like even just that is is like important i think it's a really noticeable thing that like activists who come on the show given like long enough to talk and we obviously like you know give it it's like a two-hour interview so it's it's a while like almost always bring up burnout and like people supporting Mm. each other because it's just the thing that like activists run into again and again and again and again and again and again and again so when we were on the on the zad making the uh make like filming for the documentary that uh mule's editing at the moment um which by the way patreon.com slash red underscore planet one of the comrades that we interviewed um made this this gesture like these you know these two hands linked to this sort of this the circle and he talked about the virtuous cycle and he said, like, the networks, the community of people supporting each other on the ZAD makes the struggle possible. And the struggle makes the networks of people supporting each other possible. And then Jay, who was our host there, said to us, you know, this is like, you can see what halves of this look like on their own, right? Like, networks who are supporting each other, but they're not part of any struggle. It's like the hip- the hippies, right? Like, the hippies went and lived on communes, and they were all taking care of each other. They didn't give a fuck about... <laughs> A bunch yeah. of them were like reactionary boomers, right? And like they just they just completely unplugged from the struggle, and then they just, like it just fizzles out. And then like the and then and then the, the the other side is right is it's just what we experience all the time. And like again, is why like everyone we bring on the show sooner or later is like 
hey, we need to do something about burnout, right? It's like, we just haven't got the the culture of like uh, communities of mutual aid that we really, really need. Like, this is why I said earlier about like um, organizing and communizing, like that the, you have communities and you need to make, get your communities organized, but you also like have organizations and those organizations need to be people who are in some kind of community. Like your comrades don't need to be your friends. You don't need to take care of each other, but you need to be taken care of and you need to yes. be taking care of some people. And so like everyone who should, who is an, an activist, who is going to protest and is doing some kind of focused work in some field, like needs to be being taken care of in a community of other people plugged into the same stuff. It, like at some, at some level, um, because yeah, otherwise you just, everyone just burns out. Oh yeah. You, yeah. you can see it in the, there's a lot of documentary footage from the Zad's YouTube channel that I've got for the documentary that we're uh, doing for the Zad and you can see it, you know, they, they, they go and went and supported the Gilets Jaunes, uh, when they were doing stuff in, I think it was, uh, 2019, 2020, uh, 2021. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's staying locked into it. It's like not getting away. I mean, the, the Zad is just a magical example, to be honest, like every single thing that I've heard, like in those interviews that I've, I've, I've been working on this week, like, it's just incredible. Do you know what I mean? Um, but I think like really what we have to do, what we have to think about, um, is, is that delicate balance because it, you know, it's like you said, Maya, if you do too much, you you do too much as an activist because you know that you should right it's it's not necessarily an ego thing um mm -hmm. but we 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 worry that like taking a break is being too egotistical right but you're not you know if we're not acting in a way that that is wanting us to be recognized as the big hero of anarchism or the big hero of communism or whatever i want to be the leader of anarchism after right, this right. protest right 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 <laughs> You know, like if if we're not acting in a way that, that that's that's wanting something like that, then we don't need to be afraid of egotism in looking after ourselves, right? That's 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 like the balance between being selfish and selfless. I think, right, mm -hmm. an important one to to think about when you're doing activism. I I want to add onto this again. The thing I think I said the first time I was on here about fun, about activism and fun, that I find interesting. One of the things to take away that that activism is doing right, the taking care of people thing is kind of hard in activism. But uh, the thing people are getting right, and the thing that uh, a lot of media and a lot of uh, government experts are misunderstanding is the whole fun bit, where. Uh, a lot of focus is on having fun first and foremost, but while having fun doing politics. Uh, and, 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 and this always makes me reflect on how at the time I started really getting deep into activism things and in communities and working with people and having to constantly answer this question of if what I'm doing is actually political, if I constantly talk about how much fun it is. And at the same time, I was somewhat active in climate, uh, uh, in like climate change protests where everyone was just like very very focused on the cause and trying to not like make fun and not have too much fun and like and and half of those people burned out during that phase and a lot like making fun of that movement but it's just like uh, i think that's the thing that gets forgotten so often because people don't want to have to answer the question of why are you sometimes doing things just because they're like fun and cool i think doing things because they're fun and cool as long as it's not going against your cause always helps your cause or at least your morale uh, uh and that's why i think stupid little hacks that are just fun are cool like that you see that a lot of like 
things like siege sec or with kitten sec or all those other current like all other like younger hacking groups on the block uh it, it's weird to for me to say that i'm already old <laughs> in the scene in a way uh but but it's it's interesting how much like when they get asked in interviews they first of all get very misrepresented in the media then but they just say no we don't select our tar- like we do somewhat select our targets based on politics but we just go after what's fun uh and like that's also how i act mostly i just don't have to say that out loud anymore because I'm like this act, uh, this accepted activist who people know and whatever. So it's just assumed that I do things out of some grand idea <laughs> and not because the target was fun at the time. Like, like, yeah. like I talk about it explicitly in the no fly list thing. I just did it because I was bored. Like, uh, and, and, and then it's often like the thing where people like question your attentions if you like do a thing and then figure out how it's political. And, and I think. Like, okay, we already act under assumption that everything's political, so why not do a thing uh, that's not completely against our things and then attach a political manifesto to it? That works. There's no problem with that. You're doing activism. If if what you do has a political impact, it is activism. It doesn't matter if it was... Like, like there's always this weird understanding of a lot of parts of, like, leftist movements where if it was fun, it couldn't have been activism. And I think that's destroying a lot of these communities as well, where people aren't having any fun together and it's just stress and, like, just fear and just, like, we need to get shit done and the... The extreme focus on if we don't reach our goals like today at this protest, then we're like, fuck. So I have, I have two thoughts, right? One is like all of this stuff with community. It's actually funny because we I mentioned the quote earlier, right? If I am not for myself, who is? And if I'm only for myself, what am I? And if not now, when? Like this, is, this has many applications in life, but like doing activism, like it clearly points to like, you need to be in community with people, right? You can't, you can't only be for yourself and you can't be not for yourself, Right. Mm. But it's also like it's formatted as a question because like if I am not for myself, who is like you should have an answer for that. Like yes. you, you you need to have, be able to answer that question when I am so low that I don't I'm not for myself and I'm not like in my own corner and I'm not advocating for myself. Is there anyone who's got my back? Like that's a really important question. But also like this stuff you're saying about fun, that's, you know, doing stuff for yourself as well. And that's really important, too. And the second thought is like the stuff about local internets, like there's a kind of there's a kind of side to it which like isn't like a practical or technical or security argument but i think it's just clicked into place for me that like i've, I've been wanting to say for ages because i've been like really encouraging of the idea of people setting up like local internets like as a fun project and 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 people have been like well but how much does this actually help us and definitely like the state would be able to listen into it so it wouldn't be like a secure line or whatever and it would be all this work and i'm just like but it would be fun like it's it's like playing yeah. with ham radios like you can just like tune into like the little internet that's you and your friends and then sure if the if the 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 the, the actual internet like goes down you will have this but also like it's just fun and it's a kind of it would make a space where you you know it's your space that you've set up and that yes. will feel good and it will <laughs> kind of reinforce that community sense just imagine yeah. how much uh you know i guess like less brain worms and psychic damage you'll get if you're not 
like making a post about Palestine and having like a thousand Israeli Hasbara bots like reply to you. Do you know what I mean? Because you're on your own local intranet and not connected <laughs> to the wider world. Um, hey, people are getting I, like I, a, I, a glimpse I, of this with Blue Sky, right? But it could be even better. Yes. It could literally just be your friends. Yes. Yeah. And, and I also want to like go back to the Zad again. Uh, because they're just so based and like the 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 God, thing that I want they, to go back to the Zad again. <laughs> the thing that they do on the Zad about political actions is they they celebrate it with rituals. So when they do a thing, they celebrate it. Like they have like these rituals about like mud, like some mud was like sent from one part of the Zad to another or like to another place uh further away and they were like singing a song about it because the mud helped them defend against the gendarmerie when they were like attacking the Zad and stuff like that and there was also this one amazing thing uh where they like had like a big it looked like a you know a, a giant dragon that everyone's in it wasn't like a chinese dragon it was just like a one of their own that they made and they it like was a salamander i think salamander that's what it was it was a salamander and and they parade that in front of the gendarmerie these like incredibly violent fascist fucks uh you know with batons and tear gas and all that shit and they're just like parading this shit in front of the cops and you're right that is what we need we need fun in these activism in these activist moments in these political actions and uh yeah i can't uh yeah i i can't echo that sentiment enough of like how absurd are you in thinking that like well it has to not be fun it doesn't make any sense i I think the most important thing is if we're trying to build a better world with our activism, so why are we being so serious and corporate with our activism? Just yeah. have fun. To just live the world you want to live in, in your own little space. Like, like you're fighting for a common goal of some sort. Uh, try to lift that goal in the now. It's easier than you think, usually. Like, you, like, like that's also the thing again with like, with like Tassad and other like, like like things like that and other squats where like it's it's just taking ta- taking yourself out of the system to some degree at least and i think that's the important thing about community is you, you can do the things the government doesn't want you to do you can do the things the system doesn't want you to do and that should be fun you you should you should be like living the world you want to live in and that's yeah. also how you learn because you can't just like be like okay we have now stopped the current system now we uh Right, what do we do now? Uh <laughs> like like you you need to like you, you can do the learning for the that beforehand. To be some... emerging now, absolutely. Yes. We have to be growing our revolutionary society and it should be a fucking fun one. Like a few weeks ago we were helping with some eviction resistance stuff and uh we made the landlord fuck off. And then uh to, to basically just to cheer up the tenants, we um we, we put a curse on the landlord and uh we like wrote down things that we don't like about him. And things we hope happened to him, and then we all hold ha- held hands and burned up the piece of paper that we drew a pi- like drawn a picture of him on and written all these things on um, to curse him, right? But it was like there was a lot of thought about this ritual because like people are disempowered by their ressentiment, which is this philosophical specific niche term of of but it's it's a resentment, right? It's it, but the idea is that you put power onto something or someone by seeing them as more powerful than you because they're oppressing you. And so, yeah. like, the example uh, uh, Mark Fisher gives in, in Post-Capitalist Desire is, like, if you're oppressed as a woman, right, you might you might see that, like, your father, your brother, your boss, your husband, your male uh, uh, colleagues uh, are, are, are acting in misogynistic ways to you, and you feel unable to overcome that uh, the oppression, right? And so because you're doing that, you are putting power onto them, 
and see, seeing them as holding you down and therefore stronger than you, right? But then I, I I go to my my friend Kira and I'm like, hey, my all this stuff is happening, uh, and she tells me, oh, well, the the exact same stuff is happening to me, and then maybe we and we chat with uh, some some other girlies, right? And we realize like we live in a system of patriarchy and that we like have a group consciousness as this oppressed class and even that realization um uh this uh marxist uh philosopher called uh, uh lukash says like even that realization itself is the biggest step towards freedom is to realize and move past your ressentiment because until you do that you're just trapped in right and so that's why we put the curse on the landlord was because we were like all these tenants they just see the landlord as like hurting them and hurting them and hurting them and they can't overcome it so we're going to write down things that are bad about him uh like he's he's a white guy with dreads uh who's like used to be a squatter and is now a landlord um <laughs> and, and like you know there's a lot of bad things to write down about him he sucks oh. and is it um, possible to hate someone more than henry kissinger <laughs> this man will answer that question I just want to point out that uh, I don't I condemn you using curses curses against civilians. Uh, the the white guy with dreads who used to be a squatter is now a landlord. Um, <laughs> please don't har- harm him with curses. I'm gonna curse him more. <laughs> Do you condemn the witches? Do you condemn the hexes? <laughs> I think I think we need to get the TikTok hexers on this one. Yes. <laughs> uh anyway, you know, so we, we we wrote down those things that are, you know, bad things about him, but these were representative of the ressentiment. So these were representative of the ways that the tenants all think about him as as powerful, uh, even as they like see him as pathetic. And then uh I said to them, like, don't worry, because when we burn up this piece of paper, like those bad things about him will remain true. But also we're going to energize the the things that we hope will happen to him. And then those things will be true too. And so you don't need to worry anymore about all the reasons that you have that are good reasons to hate him because you can just remember that all these stinky things are going to happen to him as well. I hope one of those things was that he poos his pants because that would be stinky, <laughs> wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, my one was I'm that sorry, he, I hope that he um, can always hear a, a bug when he's trying to sleep, a really loud bug, and he can never <laughs> find the bug. Or like when, um, when like a mosquito like zips into your ear for a moment, yeah, and it's like the, exactly, the most traumatic exactly. thing you've Always, ever experienced. forever. I, I strongly recommend cursing your landlord or anyone <laughs> who uh, is oppressing you in any way as a as a ritual to like overcome your ressentiment because like it genuinely is really really empowering, and I think it really helps. Yeah, and what are they gonna do? Make cursing illegal? Come on, how are you gonna how are you gonna arrest someone for doing a curse? They, How's they that gonna happen? Sex illegal. They did. They did do that. They um, they can yeah. do such things. <laughs> they can. They can. They can make a lot of things illegal. <laughs> I can't imagine the, the European authorities getting together, say, like mobs of people to hunt down witches for doing curses. That no, sounds they wouldn't, ridiculous. They wouldn't, I don't think that's ever happened in history. It's never happened. Especially Switzerland wouldn't do that until. Wait, when was the last witch killed in Switzerland? Which was the last witch in Europe? Uh, this is going to be way too recent. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is way too recent. Um, I'm waiting <laughs> this with bated breath. 1782. Uh, the last, the last witch in Europe was killed in Switzerland. Uh, yeah, uh, Anna Goldie. She's she's somewhat p- popular here. May she rest in peace. Yes, she was a, a maid, obviously. So she was right. already so yeah, obviously lower class. So. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, since we've gotten to the, since we've gotten to this as, as like where the conversation is going, should we talk a little bit of maybe about like, about senses of community with like, with informational infrastructure and mm-hmm. fun with it? Like Maya, do you have any thoughts about this? I, I, I do think that's like the most interesting thing about technology and activism. I, I, I One thing I resent the most about like digital activism is all those posts purely like guilt tripping you for not engaging with with a war 24 7 which like that's bad we should not like push people to traumatize themselves for like no reason uh and also it's sometimes like okay not to like i I think it's been established before that i am for youth liberation but if you're a 13 year old making a psa post about how you're not allowed to ever (laughs) stop looking at palestine or tweet about anything else uh i i don't know like that there's still something to be said about experience <laughs> uh which, which like uh, yeah i don't i am um, that my my main point being like i think it's important that that when we do especially when we do like social media activism when we ask groups of friends sometimes come together to 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 make connections i think the important thing is that not everyone in your friend group is gonna have the energy to actively do shit but but as everyone else who's not actively doing shit, try to support your friends who are involved in, in, in these conflicts in some way. Be that with with support, be that with like helping information flow, be be that with like helping helping with with OSN from far away. Uh, which is also here here a shout out to to all the people who are helping geolocate uh, strikes uh, like like uh, airstrikes and whatnot in any conflict. Uh, which which is like there are various projects from like Bellingcat and co where you as a random citizen who is good at geoguessing and whatnot uh, can help support uh, geolocating things so not just free editors at Bellingcat need to do all that work uh, uh, I, I forgot what the project is called uh, but there, there are projects for that where then over social media you can tag like their account and be like hey I geolocated this and then like three other people who are also engaged in the project verify your finding and then it's added to a map you you can actively help out with intelligence like that, uh, and that's very important. It has been very frustrating the way that uh, Austin's been used to launder Isra- Israeli propaganda recently. Like a lot of people just diving into like maybe it was Hamas who bombed the hospital when like Israel yes. said they were going to bomb hospitals. They bombed a hospital. Everyone on the ground was like, "This was a missile from Israel," and then a bunch of Austin guys were like. No, I've I've looked at the evidence, and I'm a lot smarter than Palestinians who were there. Yeah, I I think it's 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 always important. Like, yeah, that that you can do a lot from far away. That isn't just posting on social media, which is not to say that posting on social media is inherently useless, as like a lot of people do like to say. I think showing support is very important, and and it's a lot of why so much actual activism on the streets is happening right now. I don't think I don't think. I don't think as many uh, uh, like organizers will be organizing this big of a protest if they didn't know how many people are like behind this. Uh, but the important thing is to like not just post depressing shit. Like do do not like like just posting constantly about how too many people are, have stopped engaging with this. Like yes, I I agree. Like just stopping to engage with a thing is sad. But like pl- please consider that people have different limits for how much they can engage with shit. And just because. 
uh, like like yeah the, the the break thing again uh it's way more important to to support the cause than to be at, angry at the people who don't support the cause yes, uh, yes. this is the, this is the same thing as with, with many other things tracking people down who aren't supporting you is not going to make them support you in any way uh they're just like you are also not helping the cause there's also that really timeless tweet where it's like we weren't even supposed to know this many people existed let alone their thoughts yes you know and 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 also like i was speaking to uh marina dove a friend of the show uh about this um and you know we're we're witnessing about gaza specifically we're witnessing a genocide in real time you know like if you are doing things on the ground um then you don't need to worry about posting so much unless you're posting about those things on the ground right uh and also i guess like vice versa like if you're posting and you can't do stuff on the ground you know yes i absolutely do not want to minimize any of those things there's also sometimes a lot of like weird ableism get going into it of like both both ways like both the you need to post at all times and need to be online 24 7 and the if you do not show up at protests you are a bad person actually uh, I think the important thing is to consider there there is different fronts. Like this is what we're here today to talk about parallel like structures, parallel fights, uh, and that's the important thing to consider. Please, be mindful of other people, and anyone can support a, a cause. And, and and just because you think your your support might not be good enough, that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. And also, it's definitely good enough. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> we get this question like, a lot about like uh, disabled comrades. Uh, or, or rather, we get this question from disabled comrades about what they can do. And I feel like actually, like, um, setup and management of, like, um, uh, information networks is a really good example of something that people can, like, do from their house. Yeah, or just helping with communication. Like, 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 like the, the thing is, if you are good at something, you are useful in a thing. And you are good at something. Like, 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 like the, the, there is a thing you can do. It's, it, it could even just be, like, helping your friends stay okay. Like, taking care of your friends. But like we said, that is that is an important thing, uh, and and that doesn't make you useless if you're just there to talk to your friends, if you're just there to hang out with your friends, if you're just watching movies with your friends. You can even just literally be, hey, yo, you seem to have been like a little too absorbed in this, and it's dragging you down. Wanna play a game? Like what? Like that's helping. That's that's helping keep it like keeping people from the burnout we mentioned earlier. Like like. Like, 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 all of that is important. Like, the the thing is, like, like I said before, we are trying to build a better society. That doesn't mean we all need to be soldiers. Like, like, you don't build a society of soldiers. Uh, yeah, we've we've seen how that turns out. Yes. <laughs> no, I'm going to carry on being a bimbo femme on the commune. I'm quite determined. That there's no space for bimbo femmes on the commune. Burn it to the ground. <laughs> I think there's this patriarchal pressure that is out there to have to do like the Antifa super soldier thing, um, or else you're not Absolutely. like you don't count, or that you're doing like oh I know a woman's work, which is not work. You know, it's just you're it's just what are you doing like cooking food? And we we've talked about this a number of times in the show about like how important it is to cook food like yes. for people, <laughs> like how there's so much. In, in te- integral integral like things that need to happen that are so commonly overlooked because they're not considered real labor and real effort because they're not you going out there in the streets yelling at a cop in the face you know what i mean 
I, I think the most important thing to consider, especially as a cis man, if your entire goal as an activist is to pe- be the cool Antifa guy who beats mm-hmm. other people up, you are almost definitely dragging down your your community. You are almost definitely excluding uh, non-cis man. Uh, you're almost definitely making them uncomfortable. Uh, please, at the very least, talk to people who are at an action with you and do not take risks for the entire group just because you want to be cool. This is one of the main things I have observed and why there is mostly men in a lot of Antifa groups. It's not because uh, other people don't want to be in those. It's because those people do not feel included and don't want to take those stupid risks you're taking purely to present yourself. Mm-hmm, uh, yeah. That is not helpful. That is not helpful yeah. to any cause other than your own ego, which is not a cause. Uh, so, <laughs> and that's like, the that's like as as the the cis guy in in the call, like you know, the this is all like not good for you. Like it's not no. good. Like it doesn't <laughs> serve you in any way, shape or form like one thing that i would genuinely say like speaking to that like as someone who used to think like that um is that like yeah you can be you know strong that's fine uh you could be like i don't know muscly if you want to go to the gym okay uh but it doesn't mean that you're the boss Mm. and also trying to trying to make yourself the boss of everything uh is an exhausting waste of time um, yes. Not to mention the other exclusive, you know, if even if you want to forget the fact that you're excluding other people from the, the activist circle, you are ruining yourself and you are hurting yourself in this process. There is nothing better than liberating yourself from the nonsense yes. of toxic masculinity. Also, what I want to add on to as well is there's it's very, very useless to have really strong people in your group who can defend the group. Important series, defend. If you are going on the offensive in group actions with other people who did not consent to this, uh, it's it's important to have action consensus. Please, please agree to what you are willing to do, every one of you uh, beforehand and split into groups depending on that, please. Uh, otherwise, you will... Uh, traumatize people which you don't want to do trust me uh, uh astro the dragon says the way you brought bring this up unprompted makes me think this has been a persistent issue and like the we okay like, i i really i want to address that quickly um uh, i know obviously we like hold questions for the end of the show and this is just a chat message and we don't usually respond to chat but it just like i do want to like just be careful to not demoralize people from joining into activist spaces because of the reality that like cis cis generally cis hat men generally white cis hat men like are, are loud and annoying in activist spaces like they are everywhere like the, this is like we unfortunately live yeah. in a society that is very very patriarchal and like a lot of men don't you know, including leftist men including activist men like don't shake free of that like that programming and like it shouldn't like completely discourage you from like getting involved so i just want i just want to quickly say like it's true it is a persistent issue we change that by by more people than those guys being involved, not by steering clear of where those guys are. Yes, I I, I wanted to just add on to this with that specifically. The importance here is that we join those groups and not kick those people out. That's also not the solution. Most yeah, of those people 100%. are very very willing to learn, and there if you are persistent enough, it usually takes more persistence than you might be willing to give. Uh, will learn they might at first be very defensive and be like yeah but this is what we have to do it's just you you can get those people to realize and then you have 
then you have those cool strong people who will protect you from the cops they will protect you to, for, from the flash and like in an actually useful way and, exactly. and that's like and that's like it should if anything encourage you to join these spaces together with some friends get some friends and be like yes okay we're going there and we're gonna stay together and we're gonna like stay strong and we're gonna make it through this initial phase where it might be a little cringe uh, but we're like gonna figure this out and just be yeah. very clear about your boundaries like because those people might not like necessarily understand that there is people who have explicit boundaries about what they want to do at a protest communicate that very mm-hmm. explicitly and if they don't respect those walk away they will realize if you just walk away they will like at, at, at least they should then notice that they might have fucked up uh, and if they <laughs> and if they don't yeah. they're the ones getting fucked over not you yeah. like you yeah. can withdraw from an action if you don't feel safe yeah Nat, nat's also saying in chat i'm grateful that most of the anti-fash demos i've been to have been very women and queer led and that's absolutely mm. true this is yes. by the way like why i repeat this fucking uh deep grievance i have that some mainstream anti-fash groups have not like shown up to support demonstrations against transphobes because mm. they don't like care enough basically about 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 trans people because like trans people are at are at climate demos uh, uh union demos palestine demos in huge numbers every fucking time we're a very political very dedicated uh With, and like, very revolutionary yeah. group of people and like then we're then we're you know countering we're, then we are like only trans people countering some transphobes and it's like weird that weird that the weird that the you know the, the the, the broader mass of black folk didn't show up. Here. Anyone directly affected by the patriarchy is forced to be in some way or another political uh, yeah. in, in this environment. And, and like the like as trans people even more because there is other vectors coming in at it as well. And I think it's just like, I don't know, like it's especially, okay, there's probably some cis guys here. You are allowed to so, do show solidarity to trans people. Hey, it's like, it's good when I, when a strong dude is willing to kick the shit out of some Anyway, it's, it's, but he also should like gardening. I think this is also important because I am specifically mentioning with this because I know this is an anxiety some dudes have of whether they are allowed to show up at things like this. Uh, because it can seem like that's not a space for me. And I'm, in a way, I'm like glad that they just respect that. But also, you could just ask. You could, you're welcome in most of those things. Uh, as long as you don't put yourself in the foreground, as long as you let other people speak. Uh, you are welcome there. Show support. Uh, be there. It it makes it feel a lot more powerful when it's not just trans people defending trans right. Uh, should we talk more about the internet? Yes, I was about to bring up that just okay as as a really stupid pivot that is about horrible things because we're talking about horrible things. It's important to bring up that the concept of sneaker nets has obviously been extremely um, turned corporate and capitalized upon in the United States of America, especially oh, no. uh, Google, uh, Oracle, and Amazon all have services for transferring data from your own data center that you yourself own as a company to their <sighs> data centers. You can pay uh, Amazon 10K for them to show up with a truck, uh, copy the data from your data center and put it on the AWS for you. Uh, this is funny because if you take over someone's AWS account, you can build them 10K. Uh, other than that, this is fairly bad. Uh, but <laughs> Just AWS hoovering up all the data that yeah. doesn't currently exist in AWS. It's especially stars. funny if you take over someone's AWS account and order 
uh, what what are these things called again? Snowball, I think. If you order like a hundred of those snowball devices, which are for transferring data to the White House in the name of some random customer, that is really <laughs> funny, and you should do that. Uh, this is not the opinion of the show. This is my opinion. Jesus uh, <laughs> Christ. <laughs> That is what I will say about uh, about like corporate use of sneaker nets uh, and like just physical data transfer uh, like that, which like like I said, it's faster. It's gonna be it's always gonna be faster to physically move data to a another data center protected by some guard with a gun uh, than 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 trying to upload it over the course of like three months during which you yeah. need to shut down your business because you can't write to your database. Uh, so yeah, yeah, because uh, everything's like... moving to the cloud. That's obviously very lucrative because for a for a, for a truck with a security guard and a bunch of drives inside, you can obviously charge a horrendous amount of money. So, um, you already talked a little bit about about like intelligence and updates from the outside world, but for someone for someone who's like relying on a sneaker net to get information, either like just to just them or into their like into their local intranet, like. Are there more resources? I'm thinking of an example of like, you know, uh, if people can, sometimes people can like 3D print like uh, stuff that's helpful in in medical situations uh, and like those that usually you just go on like Thingiverse or something. Um, these are kinds of digital like assets I'm thinking of that might be useful. I don't know if this is, um, if there are more examples of this. I think, I think here the important thing is to just try and find existing local, like, like if you're in a place where you are thinking of, hey, this could be useful for our country, this could be useful for our city where we have restrictive things in this and this way, like, I'm even just thinking of Poland's LGBTQ free zones or whatever, uh, like like shit like that. Even on like a small level, or even on a school level, you can even be in a school where they have really bad network filters, and even on like the Wi-Fi in your dorms or whatever, you can set something up like this in a school. Uh, I'm there are many things of this happening in schools where people start distributing films or whatever or porn on USB drives to each other. Uh, and that's very powerful. It's a very, very powerful circumvention of like authority. When I was in high school, there was a very small, uh, as, as small as in low storage um, thumb drive that went around that had like so many games on it mm. uh, that had just been zipped up. I, I had like, uh, we ended up with Doom 3 on like every school PC uh, because it would just go around and people would just be like, bring bring the files in, let's go. Also, quick pro tip here. There's almost definitely a, a, a network drive in your school network that everyone has right access to that is not checked very often by faculty that you can create a subdirectory in for file sharing. Uh, if you do this enough, then, uh, your regional government will not pay your school enough money to, uh, to, to get better internet because they realize everyone's using it for torrenting. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> That this is definitely not based on the real story I myself experienced in any <laughs> way whatsoever. But uh, you can create file shares inside your community as well, like that, where you give people access to useful tools, where you give people access to tutorials. And what I was gonna say is, you take advantage of like local career networks, local people who ha- already are distributing things, uh, of of people who like like you can even go up to like science, especially if you're in a in an area where suddenly like queer people are being suppressed. Go to a local queer magazine, ask them if they're if they want to work with you, and like 
like like they they have distribution networks you can work with them to distribute like like usb drives or whatever you can make a monthly usb drive with like news on it with like queer news on it whatever uh anything that's like been cut off like that and i think that's important make use of existing structures that's that's the important thing for anything it's something that like uh a lot of trans people in london i know have have have, have thought about and it's like if if there was a a local trans intranet like again it doesn't have to be secure to be like mm. useful in the sense that you just have a community space like you just have a yes. community informational for, infrastructure like that for that specifically also uh see if your country has like any hacker spaces and then see how, how many people in the hacker space are just cis men if it's only cis men don't ever talk to them because there's probably something bad going on uh if there's queers then they're good and you can talk to them and ask them for help with any technology project you might have this is very very genuine advice and why i do not interact with ccc switzerland i'm very publicly calling them out for being shitty and please replace your president thanks uh not none of the swiss hackers <laughs> spaces have any queers in them and i think that says a lot about like like if you consider what like the people who have been involved in these spaces which goes beyond like hacking and software this is like all the stem fields together and and if you create a space for people in stem uh who like doing shit in their free time and there is no autistic queers and trans people at your space you are doing something wrong like <laughs> <laughs> It's like you're selling. It's like you're failing to sell pizza to hungry stoners. Where, where the basic draw <laughs> here is not working. Also, just to add some additional thing about CCC Switzerland is that there, there's the like uh, every ten years, I think there's this like real a worldwide anarchist conference happening in Switzerland, right? Uh, which was this year again. Uh, there was a talk about hacking. Uh, a lot of people showed up for it. Someone from CCC Switzerland showed up on stage. Everyone who is a member of CCC Germany walked out of the room immediately. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I get often asked if I'm in any way connected to local people. And yeah, the reason is that people are cringe, uh, unfortunately, and I wish they weren't. Uh, And it's like, if I had the energy, I would build up my own thing and I wouldn't give a shit about the existing story. Like, that's, that's the other thing as well. If you are in a community where there is groups that exist but they are very evident evidently bad or like protecting abusers or whatever or have very cringe opinions for some reason due to some reactionary person having had control of it for some years uh, you can make your own things if you ha- especially if you have friends or if you're friends with other people who have left the group before just start your own thing like you can make cooler things it doesn't take that much to build a community and building a community on having learned from the shit the other community has failed on it's it's that's that's so good and you will probably have people jumping over from the other thing who were like yeah no i'm just here because this is the only thing like yeah yeah 100 percent. yeah yeah it's really worth remembering and you know that's also like a very parallel thing to like we keep on always saying like if you think that you could do anything better about red planet make your own show and it's not like um, a disparaging <laughs> statement it's like please please make your own show yeah it's just like you need to remember how often when something is the only thing any problems with it uh like have to go ignored because because there isn't an alternative and like more alternatives just help everyone be better Yes, like like the thing you see a lot in in like countries with like smaller leftist scenes like Switzerland, where you just like it's a smaller country, 
uh, and it's this country which is basically a police state at this point, but no one knows about it. It's very fun. But like where you get the thing that when 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 a scene goes bad in the city, everyone moves away. Uh, like I don't live in Lucerne anymore, and it's it it's not just because of the scene. It's also because I guess I fell in love and moved moved closer to a girlfriend. But like, <laughs> uh, but but also like. There was nothing keeping me there anymore. Like, like no political scene that I felt very attached to anymore. Just because, I don't know. There, there was nothing that really like supported my interests, and I did not have the energy to build up my own thing. We tried for a bit to build up our own thing, but at that point, all all of the like nonsense men in the scene were already burnt out from the scene. So it's hard. Uh, and 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 I think that's like like that's why instead like. Like if you have the energy and if you have other friends still around who are not in the scene anymore but want to do shit so bad that they, for every protest, go to another bigger city or whatever, uh, try and band together. You can build better things. Uh, and and like I wish the thing we tried to build would have worked. I might still be in Lucerne if I did. If it did, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of talking myself into the idea that I I really like the 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 thing about fun and community space is the thing that I was like failing to articulate with people before about like what would be good about a a local like trans intranet and i just i kind of really really want to make this happen just for a fun space like i just it just you know like kind of i don't know it's it's better than just a discord server you know you can also hit me up about this afterwards if you maybe Mm, want me mm, to mm. try and connect you with some people in the uk Uh, that would would rule i have some trans people who do networking who might be interested Let's do a Q&A. Q&A time. Question is from Reverun, and it says, when did you become an anarchist? And there's a follow-up question, and it says, why? I think in a way I've always been an anarchist. I'm one of those uh, autistic people who do very, very, very badly with authority. Uh, I've always resisted authority in one way or another. I've always been the most uh, malicious compliance-coded child to exist, (laughs) Uh, especially in like school settings. Uh, it it took me a long way to like then still kind of like deprogram myself from weird society shit. Like for the longest time, I considered myself a centrist. I think we've all had that phase at some point, where it's like, no, I'm like the enlightened centrist. I really understand this, and both sides are bad. Uh, but it was already then clear that like I always leaned left in that those debates. Anyways, I think it helped me a lot at that time that I had a good friend who was also a leftist and we had a lot of like political debates and we generally agreed on everything but i was still always like no but i'm a centrist uh the, the stupid shit you see and i was just like why am i doing this whole spiel like it's <laughs> it, it's it's kind of stupid um so I just uh, like like I I think this is on my wikipedia page i'm a member of the socialist party in switzerland uh I still, I still am a member of the Young Socialists, mostly because it's like the only party I will support in any way. Uh, but, but like it, it also, also because like okay, that one one thing I do need to say about this was political system. At least their social democratic party is actually a social democratic party. Uh, <laughs> it can't be said about a lot of other European countries anymore. True. Uh, that there is, of course, a, a, a reform wing of it, which is, uh, yeah. But but also they're memed on really heavily, so that's still so, like makes making me like very, yeah. Uh, anyways, and like through that, I obviously got more radicalized and just generally around the time like where I like yeah re- started realizing more and more I was queer. 
started getting queer friends on the internet, a lot of them from like the UK and the US, because I was using the internet in English anyways, and then seeing even more how they're persecuted, like more so than I current then was in Switzerland, and like especially since I wasn't out in any way. Uh yeah, shout shout out at this point to like some some all all Twitter mutuals. Uh, I I we haven't talked in a while, but shout out to Q uh, specifically. Uh, I think you're probably the reason I eventually started just randomly changing my pronouns pronouns on Twitter profiles and and shit like that. Uh, so 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 yeah, uh, and I think a lot of that is what radicalized me more and more is realizing how fucked up it is to be a queer person in this country. In, in in this world, not just country, uh, and and I know that's fairly privileged. Like that's the the white people radicalization experiences. You you do not realize how fucked up it is to live in this world, and then you realize, wait, I am a minority in some way. Fuck. Uh, which is not to say that like yeah, this is like the worst thing that could happen to anyone. But I think that's a big part of where I got radicalized, and then eventually I realized I I don't want like a. a a, a, a state in any way i i don't think i want authority uh and, and i think that's that's i mean that's also what communists want at least if they actually care about communist theory uh, <laughs> uh i i i just think like at the end of the day like the, the approaches to how to get there might be different and i think that's interesting and it's like yeah that's why i also f- think it's interesting to talk to communists as long as they don't outright want to kill anarchists which in which case i will not talk to you you are not revolutionary <laughs> yeah they're also definitely not communists if no absolutely I, not. if that's I, what I, they're I, focusing <laughs> on you know even like anyone who would even betray like the the idea of like being anti-anarchist uh at the stage and moment that we're at it's just like, well, you're building nothing because even the people who who did get power and then killed anarchists, like, did, got the power working with anarchists for a long time and then turned right. against them. Like, you, they they weren't there. They weren't there ten years earlier, being like, yeah, we'll kill all those anarchists the first fucking chance. It's just completely unserious. And and also and also, I don't think the Trotskyists realized that, but that's why we're making fun of you. Uh, but. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Hey now, hey now. Let's all speak for ourselves, comrades. I'm sp- I'm making fun of uh, Trotskyists for a lot of reasons. I mean, yeah, okay, same, but mostly because they don't want to read their newspapers. I met a, a, a Trotskyist at the uh, a queer squat, and uh, yeah, it was really funny because I was talking about Lenin. Uh, and she got really mad. She was like, "Oh, I did my did my boy dirty," and I'm like, "I don't even know if that's true. Wasn't that Stalin?" Like. I don't know, like <laughs> in a way, like like those people are useful to the movement in the sense that they read a lot of like theory and sometimes they can answer questions about theory really quickly, which can be useful. But yeah, like I don't know. I cannot take you seriously. Like like I'm sorry. Um this reminds me again of that moment where when I was at a podium, I spoke there, uh one of the people there recording it. Well, someone who works for a radio station in Switzerland is also a basically political prisoner and politically wanted uh, by Spain. I will not explicitly name the name because I'm going to tell a funny story that involves both of us. Uh, and afterwards, we kind of chat up because like, we share similar experiences, right? And we've both gotten in trouble for like doing praxis. We both are not very theory-oriented people. We just like do stuff, right? Uh, and someone came up to us, uh, both of us, and was like, okay, 
I'm a I I I'm a philosophy student. Uh, already a red flag when you like someone in not 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 to say that philosophy isn't interesting, but someone introducing themselves as that it's like you know what they're about to say, You're right? Uh, and it's like yes, and I am a Marxist-Leninist, and then they started for like two hours while we were like emptying wine glass after wine glass we got for free uh i think we both ended up at like 12 glasses of white wine or whatever uh and like we were debating this person who kept trying to ask us about random shit hegel said and we were like we don't fucking give a shit we just like do activism and like looked at each other and laughed like like just at her and it's just like this massive disconnect between people who only care about theory and people who actually do something. Not to say that knowing theory is bad. Like, I sometimes wish I knew more theory. I just kind of, like, read a lot of that, like, because ADHD, right? Same, uh, same. But, yeah. but it's just, like, you are making a clown of yourself. You're talking to people who are being persecuted because they have made actual political change. Like, the other person being a genuine big activist who's, like, wanted for, like, among other things going to Rojava to support people in an armed struggle. Like, that—that that is way more than you with your half-finished uh, philosophy degree telling us about what Hegel wrote like a hundred years ago. I couldn't give less of a shit. Like, not in this context. If you were like, yo, there's this cool thing Hegel said once, I would be very interested in that. But if you're going to use that as some weird argument against praxis-oriented activism i just find that really funny yeah i think it's really profound what hegel said about how like language with language like its interiority is is as exterior as its exteriority as interior uh and that's why you're an anarchity and you'll never be doing serious politics my like that's like i, oh, I, just, I think I that's a slam it dunk. like it's, it's it's because yeah th- the funniest thing is also the other person isn't even per se an anarchist like the one the other person they were arguing against it's someone who doesn't really read theory but does like is way more like communism oriented but it's it's just i don't know like 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 reading theory is cool but don't get lost in it <laughs> no um the next question is from ginger with envy uh, and they say, what games do you recommend for maximum fun and silliness? In brackets, I'm a big fan of using board games as a way to reset, relax, and bond. In brackets. Here, here we get to the thing people are always the most surprised by, by me as a nerd, is uh, I'm one of those autistic people who don't play video games, like, all that much. Well, uh, you're not a stereotype? Absurd. No. I, I, I also, like... Half of it is because I have really bad reaction time. The other half of it is because I can't focus on it. Uh, like it's 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 also just uh, I don't know. Like I like video games. I watch a lot of Let's Plays, which that's another stereotype. But uh, it's just I I don't really play games myself that much. Like 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 and when I do, then it's explicitly social gaming. Then it's like playing things with friends, and especially playing things with friends who find it funny if I'm bad and not in a making fun of me way, but in a having fun together with me by uh which is a thing that took me a while to learn that that's a different thing uh <laughs> shout out autism uh uh but yeah uh for, for me so it's it's like any game you can play with friends really uh like i've had uh at the start of this year for a while like my friend group we we played like uh like like four rounds of risk of rain every like every other night and stuff i think that's also like 
like when Fran really got into this friend group. So shout out Fran again. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, it's it's through that, and like you're just playing together, and it's 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 okay if someone doesn't do go because it's just about doing a thing together. Uh, yeah, and the other games, and the other games I love for winding down are Stray, which is the cat game, and yeah, that's about it. That's the only like solo game I ever completed. <laughs> Fair enough, uh, and I'm I I'm also very excited for 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 Little Kitty Big City. Please go pre-save Little Kitty Big City uh, on 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 Steam or 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 like remember it and download it on uh, on on. Uh, it's it's like kind of like Untitled Goose Game if you were a kitten in a in a big city uh, and you have like some quests and it's like. You want to you want to go back home, but also you're a kitten, so you get distracted along the way and just do kind of whatever you want. Uh, I'm really excited for this game. Uh, yeah, yeah, this looks amazing. I'm gonna wish list this right now. There is also the important thing that I am in a video game that I cannot play because it's a bullet hell game, and like <laughs> I said, I have bad reaction time. But I have a cameo in Hyper Hell, which is a free to play hyper pop video game where the where the main cast is like Fraxium and Guppy and like Tracy Breaks and other queer trans hyper pop people, uh, and DJ Recode right as well, and like other people, and you get to kill Margaret Thatcher as a hyper pop star. So uh, you should you should absolutely play that game. It's fun. It's fucked up. It has the really loud hyper pop playing over it, <laughs> and all the audio is like blown out. It's it's awesome. I can't play it. I I I. I Got I got a demo of it and I survived twenty seconds. So uh, <laughs> if you can beat me, then okay, I can't promise anything because I think everyone will be able to beat me. But yeah, uh, the next question for you is uh, from River Rune, and uh, they said, "Do you have any favorite theory recommendations at the moment? Do you read any fiction? What kind?" Theory recommendations? Not really. I'm still trying to finally finish the piece on illegalism and how I understand it from a few months ago. Uh, I like that was right before I needed to take a break from writing. I will eventually get to it. Uh, other than that, like like I said, I don't really read much theory. Uh, yeah, I am bad at recommending theory. Uh, the question was also about fiction, right? Uh, yeah. yes, right. Like the last thing I read, wait, okay, it's not around here anymore. Uh, was Neuromancer by William Gibson, and I read it for another podcast. Uh, because yeah, if if I'm allowed to plug another podcast, mid podcast, uh, <laughs> that there's that there's an episode of uh, of of uh, the worst of all possible worlds where we where we talk about William Gibson's Neuromancer. It's funny. Uh, our our main thing is kind of about how it's a it, it's a self insert fanfic about his OCs and how he wants to fuck them. It's still a recommendation. It's a good book. Like yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's, well, it, I think it has that's... funny sex scenes. Um, Those are my favorite kind of sex scenes. <laughs> Is there anything you want to plug besides the podcast that you're on uh, before you go? Uh, I mean, my, my, my blog on my website is always maya.crimeu.gay. Uh, also, I'm I'm mostly on Tumblr, which is Nine crime you on Tumblr. I'm currently also on Twitter again at Awawa Who Am I, which is A W A W A Who Am I. Uh, yeah, and and it's definitely not me. Don't worry. Do not report <laughs> me for ban evasion. Uh, yeah, I think that's everything I have to plug right now. 
Cool. Well, thank you so much once again. It's always a, a delight yeah, to have al you. Always, always happy to be out. Thanks, okay. sir. I'll, Thanks I'll, for being I'll here. I'll hit you up with a very specific research request again soon. Yeah, <laughs> that's that, I'm excited. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Cool. Um, I guess the uh, the important thing for us to do now is talk about money. Um, talk about Patreon. Talk about Patreon tiers and how you can support the show. Uh, so let's recap that the Red Planet is made possible by uh, the support of our patrons at patreon.com slash red underscore planet. And uh, I'm going to head head right over there and have a look at these tiers right now. But uh, so we can tell you all about the ways that you can support us. It's cool I that Patreon updated. It's cool that Patreon updated and everything's different. I love that. Yeah, I love I love that. It's so good. It's so helpful for me. Anyway, the uh, first one, that's called Sprite Mode. Uh, and that's two pounds a month. Uh, I believe it's just two dollars a month. Um, and it says, get started with your support for Red Planet by becoming a Sprite. Benefits include the sacred and forbidden knowledge that you're helping the Red Planet team, early access to VODs, access to the Red Planet Discord. That's right. There's a Red Planet Discord. That's where all the memes are that we're, we're currently uploading to the AWS truck. <laughs> uh, and you're supporting us, which is nice. Uh, but what if you were more powerful than a Sprite? What if you contained... Uh... Oh, um... Sorry, I'm getting the, the note from Conrad. Um, so uh, as well uh, as everything I've already mentioned, uh, there is video content. Uh, there, sorry, there is extra content content available uh, for all patrons from Sprite Mode Up. Um, uh, the first is that we have a kind of spin-off podcast, which is called Limited Hangouts. Um, then there might be some of it in the Red Planet feed at some point, uh, but for now, it's just for patrons. Um, basically. Limited Hangout is a is a intelligence community term for when the state publishes like some amount of information to spur like discourse and discussion and and misdirect people. Um, but it's our term for when we hang out for a limited amount of time and talk about conspiracy theories, uh, as we have now done. Uh, me and Conrad and me and Conrad and Mule and me and Conrad and Kira and we had a a really cool fun time uh, each time and soon we'll do on me and uh, Conrad and Tim and then. Who knows what future configurations that could be and what can wacky conspiracy theories we'll talk about. It could be any of them. Anyway, um, and when the, the Zad documentary that we also mentioned uh, is finished, it will be also available for our patrons. So uh, yeah, that's all available for, for Sprite for as little as $2 a month. And uh, the but... Zad documentary is coming very, very, very soon. Hi. Um, but what if you were more powerful than a sprite? What if your wallet was simply too large to simply be a tiny little sprite? What then, <laughs> What then? Well, then you would have to become Goblin Mode. It's £8.50 a month uh, or $10 a month. Uh, I think maybe 13 New Zealand dollars uh, a month, if I'm remembering we can honestly correctly. Say, we can honestly say whatever we want because Tim's not here. We can. It's, we could just make it up. For, it's exactly four hundred and twenty dollars. Who knows with the exchange rate wildly fluctuating as it does? God, I love money. What a normal uh, way to do things. Uh, anyway, everyone In loves a goblin. It costs you uh, fifty pesos or three of the soya dollar. There you go. 
Uh, everyone loves Goblin. We all get a little Goblin mode from time to time. Complete your Gobology by going Goblin mode with everything from Sprite mode and a pack of cool red planet stickers for you to stick in legal places like, uh, and only in places like that. Uh, you also get access to exclusive Red Planet Discord hangouts where we watch films and have a little chat. Uh, we're planning on doing one. I think we mentioned it. I think we were going to watch Zeitgeist. Uh, uh, me and, and Sophie are definitely down to do that. If anyone else wants to join us, we're going to do that. We might organize that soon. We'll let you know. Uh, but the best way to find out is if you're in the Discord. Uh, so please consider joining in Sprite Mode or Goblin Mode. But there's another mode, isn't there? There's another mode there. Another mode. What's that like, Kira? I'm trying to buy you as much time as possible because I know you're doing your lips. Oh, yeah. I can. Yeah. It's Beef Mode. What? <gasps> yeah, we have a beast mode uh, for $20 a month or 18, 17 pounds a month, 17 pounds a month, and then some amount of New Zealand dollars a month. Um, holy shit. Are you going to go beast mode? Well, then we can offer you all the stuff from the lower tiers and pin badges. Yup, pin badges. Wear your excellent new Red Planet pin badge literally everywhere. It's completely cool and good to do. But what if you're but, like, you know, you're pressed like, right up against the screen. What if you're like a pervert? Planet. You're tapping on the screen. You're going, ha ha. Yes, yeah. What if you're, ha, you, ha, ha. what if you're, uh, that, that kind of, uh, individual, what would we call that kind of individual? And what could well, I'd call them? that person a sicko? And in that case, you could go sicko mode for a hundred dollars a month, 85 pounds a month, or 10 trillion New Zealand dollars every month. And if you support us this much, we can only reasonably offer you everything we've already said and a very special personal uh, thank you at the end of every stream. So thank you to our sickos, JBP, Marilyn Starfire, Queen Pip, and Cassie Tastrophe. Thank uh, you. you. Are, you're, 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 you're sickos. Look at you. Disgusting. Wow. We've got one sicko per show per month. Whoa. 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 Literally. Whoa. Whoa. And it's we worth, need... It's worth talking about how close we are to the goal of the editor. We've mentioned the editor a couple of times already in the yes. show today. Um, we're only like 150 bucks away from that. Uh, if there were two more sickos, if there were uh, a, another sicko and then a few a few beasts... Uh, 15 if there were like, goblins? What, 15 goblins or uh, 75 sprites were to just pile right in there all of a sudden. <laughs> little clown car of sprites. Uh, we got it. Got into the Patreon dot com slash red underscore planet. We would get there. So uh, please, please, please consider supporting the show at any level that you can afford to. Um, and note uh, that um, um, getting an editor would be like a huge boost for us. So it wouldn't just be like a grad. Like we're really trying to get an editor because of how much it's gonna just go. Like, like if you yes. if you're listening right now to the podcast, I'm making a gesture with my hands indicates wow things are gonna well, go upwards. Like we're, up. we're, we're thinking TikToks, we're thinking Shorts, we're thinking yeah. Reels. Red if Planet's a, gonna be on if there's Instagram, a graph and one line is time, and the other line is Red Planet. Then that <laughs> line goes way up if we get an editor. And there's no so, axes. The labels aren't like the axes have no units. So imagine that, and then it goes right up. <laughs> so it's worth mentioning that as well as our Patreon, uh, we are also supported uh, uh, by people buying our merch. We have uh, a merch design. We will soon have. Uh, 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 other merch design maybe let's see yes. um we have our queer existence is resistance poppers molotov shirt 
Uh, Papa's Molotov is also my SoundCloud rapper name. Um, so uh, you can get that at mercenarycreative.com uh, uh, as a shirt, as a tote bag. Um, check out the check out the much and that gorgeous model. Wow, she's just cute as a button. Who right. is she? I know, right? I wish I knew her. Anyway, uh, Mule, what else I wish I knew is where else to find you online. <laughs> I'm on uh, loads of stuff, but mostly right now I'm on TikTok. I, I've been doing loads of content about uh, Israel. It's genocide. It's man- emotional manipulation of uh, Israeli settlers and all that kind of stuff. So go ahead and check me out on TikTok. Uh, I'm also doing a bit of that content on Instagram. On both TikTok and Instagram, I'm DJMU3L. So there you go. You can find me like that. Although I might actually be DJMUEL on instagram i'm not quite sure you'll just have to find out just do a bit of search and it won't take you long or you could go to linktra.ee forward slash dj muel and it's all links there um <clears throat> i have also got a new youtube video out it's been out for a couple of uh, uh, uh weeks now um and it's not doing so great because it has a bunch of uh, uh brown women in it who are shooting guns for their liberation i had to cut that bit out of the fucking video so that it would stop being suppressed in the algorithm uh but actually it hasn't stopped being s- suppressed in the algorithm so that sucks so please go and show it some love go watch it go share it go like it subscribe all that kind of stuff uh other than that i'm on patreon and you could give me money there and that would be very good for me, wouldn't it? Because, I mean, I could pay my rent and my bills and all that, uh, which is unfortunately necessary. Uh, but what do I do if I want to pay the bills and rent of Kira Chats? Mm. What about that? Thank you. And uh, this bisexual Palestine mule right back at you. Thanks. Yeah, no problem. Um, you can find me everywhere is Kira Chats, except I'm happy to announce that as of yesterday, for some reason... The account that I, uh, I I got on Instagram, which was Kira Chats IG, uh, which as soon as I got the account like a year ago, Instagram instantly banned me. I don't know why. I've never, I, I didn't post anything. I checked it again yesterday and they deleted like the whole account. So it's available. I snagged it. And so far they haven't banned me for doing literally nothing. And so I have Instagram.com slash Kira Chats IG. There's no posts. So I encourage you to follow if you want nothing right now and you want to be like one of the first, um, I haven't even added to my link tree. That's how fresh, uh, fresh off the, the, the steamroll of Instagram. This is, I mm. love, I, for one love being the first to see nothing. So yeah, you can be just like, just as cool. Sophie. No one, no one. Well, actually, can, I, I was back. the That's first, I was the first follower. I was the first follower. Everyone's fucked it. You all fucked it. Did up. you really follow it? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> nice. Anyway, so it's, yeah, Instagram.com slash Kira Chats IG. It'd be cool if I got followers for nothing. Just be very funny to me. Um, but also the rest of my links are all Kira Chats. It's uh, it's all over my link tree, linktra.ee slash Kira Chats. Um, I will be streaming tomorrow on my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Kira Chats. I've been posting a ton on my blue sky. It's also Kira Chats. Um, Kira Chats.bsky.social. A ton about Israel. I'm not doing so much posting on Twitter. just super depressing and it's gross there. Um and honestly, I don't even get engagement anymore. It's like, what's the point? I need my dopamine. I'm not getting it. Um, but yeah, so hang out tomorrow at twitch.tv slash Kira Chats. We're going to be probably talking more Israel and Palestine. We might play some games. And then after that, I'll be doing some TTRPG over at uh, the Twitch can- channel called Fable Scraps. So if you want to see me in a blonde wig and a Scooby-Doo mystery solving game, um, 
that you should hang out with tomorrow. So that's lots of stuff. But Sophie. Yes. I love you. Oh, I love you too. And I, I want to, I want to have more of you in my life. How can I go about doing that? Yeah. I'm okay. Well, I, I think people online, they know me, uh, you know, for some various different things, probably like I'm most well known as like the fifth follower of the Kira Chats IG account on Instagram. That's like, I mean, it's a big deal that I was their fifth. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but you might not know that I'm also a YouTuber. I make video essays, um, uh over on sophie from mars um i'm all i'm that's all supported by patreon which is patreon.com slash sophie from mars all one word you can see all of my links our link ee slash sophie from mars the same as everyone else's link tree but it's sophie from mars um i would like to say to people who do know my channel and like my channel because a lot of the people who are kind of uh, big sophie heads really like the series i do called monster man which is about monster stories why we tell them where they come from what they mean um i'm actually working on two episodes of that right now um i've nearly finished the one that i'm writing i'm going straight on to the second one i'm producing you know i'm I'm, I'm producing like a like a machine right now um i've got a couple of episodes of that coming out and i've also if people are familiar with my liberal slop streams i've got a really short video i'm making about the foom scroller that you will enjoy but you can enjoy all those things early if you go to patreon.com slash sophie from mars and give me two dollars or more than two dollars um, but I think the most important link for me is uh, linktrue.ee slash conquest of dread, which is for poor sweet Tim, who was we were we were tragically deprived of today due to the 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 cyclone making his tiny cat very unhappy. Yeah. Um uh, in his memory, we will post the link in the chat for you to find all his links. Uh cool. Thanks everyone. I think that's everything. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Red Planet. If you enjoyed the show, leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and tell all your comrades about it. You can find where to watch us live every Sunday at redplanetshow.com. Follow the show on Twitter and TikTok at red underscore planet underscore TV. And there's even more at our Patreon, patreon.com slash red underscore planet. Our music is by Jasper Byrne. Red Planet is produced by Conrad Zimmerman in association with Mercenary Creative. See you next week.